Hello, and welcome to Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I'm your host, Christian. Expose Yourself is a podcast about stories and storytelling. Every week, we'll bring on a new guest to come in and tell their story, some true, some fabricated. This week's episode will have an excerpt from The Thundercast, the other podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. In this story, me, your host, I will tell you a story about how I had a pulmonary embolism, something short and sweet that'll kind of get you in the groove for what this episode is all about, or this podcast is all about. And then on Monday, we'll have a full episode with my friend Totoro Andre. Hope you enjoy the show. Um, so you might hear me like coughing or, or like wheezing a little bit, and that's because um, I had a pulmonary embolism. So for those of you at home that don't know what that means, um, no, it is not a heart attack, but it's a heart attack in your lungs. Um, so I had a blood clot in my lung, um, a very small blood clot, but enough to do some pretty fucked up damage to my body. So uh, on Mar- on February 17th, I went uh, to go play bingo um, with my parents. And uh, I was having a lot of trouble breathing. Like, you know when you run too much and then your lungs burn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what was going on. So every time I'd breathe. Um, also, part of why I'm telling people this is because if I can get, at least get somebody who maybe is ha- sub- um, having these signs or whatever and they happen to be listening to this for some reason, that you go to the fucking hospital. <laughs> so anyway, having a, having a hard time breathing. Uh, my lungs were, it was just kind of sore and burning. And then I was like, ah, I'm just getting sick because I had done a show a couple of days prior um, with Cinemusic and it, uh, I, everybody got sick. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's just a consequence of, of being in a big room full of people and shaking hands and kissing babies, right? And so uh, I thought I was sick. So the next day I was like, I went to work and I felt like a big bag of shit. And then I went out for uh, my partner's brother's birthday and I had a couple drinks and I was like, oh no, I feel super good fucked up right now like i've only had like two beers i don't understand why i feel so gooned and then i went home and i passed out right away woke up uh next morning stayed home from work wasn't feeling well um same same sort of things but things were getting worse and then thursday i was like and thursday was the 20th um and i was like again not feeling super great so i stayed home from work uh work from home i should say and uh at about 5 p.m on Thursday, February 20th, I had some of the worst chest pains of my whole life. Very, very awful. Um, They were uh, probably like a 7 out of 10, like really bad. And they lasted for about 45 minutes. It was right over my left, my left, in my left chest. So, you know, over my heart and my hands started going numb. And I was like, I'm having a fucking heart attack. (laughs) 27 years old, I'm having a fucking heart attack. So... Um, I called uh, my partner and then I was like, we got to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. It was about seven thirty by the time we got there and, uh, I didn't get in until about nine thirty, So about two hours later, cause that's how the uh, medical, um, stuff works in Canada. Unless you're super rich. N- n- nope. That's how it works in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I, you're thinking about the States. This is like in the States, you get the money, they'll let you in right away. Um, but anyway, so I got in the hospital, they took my blood and checked my blood. Um, and they were like, so everything came back uh, pretty good, um, except for uh, your blood clotting um, one. And I was, and she's like, uh, the doctor said, um, it's inconclusive. And I was like, right on, cool. No, Christian, <laughs> and she, and she's bad. like, no, that's very bad. 
um, you got to go get an X-ray. So I got an X-ray done. X-ray was inconclusive as well. There's nothing really there. And then so she is about 3 a.m. She comes back and she says, um, you can wait here for six hours or you can go home, sleep, come back, and then we'll do this thing called a VQ scan. And a VQ scan is like a CAT scan or an MRI. And what they do is there's these giant um, X-ray pads that are big squares and they go around your body. And, uh, like, it takes about 30 to 40 minutes, and it's like an MRI, so you got to sit perfectly still. And it just, like, blasts you with radiation. It was fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> you can't feel it, but it was fucking crazy. Christian is now a gamma mutant. <laughs> yeah, so that, I had to breathe in this, like, nuclear air and shit. Um, so it illuminate my lungs, and then I had to, they injected me with this nuclear waste that illuminated my blood and... I was like, is this going to give me superpowers? And she was like, no. And I was like, how often do you hear that joke? And she's like, literally every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I went back to the ER after the scan was done, and they pull me in, and they, the doctor sits me down, and he, he, he kind of just has this notepad in front of him, and he's like, he's like, you had a pulmonary embolism. And I was like, cool. He's like, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very not cool. Uh, if you'd have waited like maybe four more days, you probably would have fucking died. So you're welcome, internet. I went to the hospital and I did not die. Also, but he also sadly didn't become a superhero. Nah, but my dick got bigger. So I mean, they did turn him into a cyborg though in Subway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, con- no, 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 no. That cyborg thing that has that's a diabetes thing. I'm super fucked up, everybody. Yeah, Chris I'm super fucked. Uh, I got really bad health I, problems. Yeah, no, I mean like he's a cyborg, not as cool as like say like Black Superman or anybody, no. but like. No. Uh, he is kind of a cyborg. Yeah, I'm not like Idris Elba. I am. I'm actually the opposite. <laughs> I I am kryptonite. I'm walking kryptonite. Uh, anyway, so that's what happened. So that's why we had to delay the episode for a couple weeks. So by the time you're listening to this, it would have been four weeks ago that I I uh, had this embolism. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I've been your host, Christian. If you like what you heard, please give us five stars on iTunes, give us a follow on Spotify, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media by searching Thunder Lizard Collective on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and Thunder Lizard OG on Twitter. You can use those to see when new episodes of the Thundercast, Thunder and Dragons, and Expose Yourself are coming out. Again, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you come back soon. Hello and welcome to Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I'm your host, Christian. Welcome to our first official episode with my friend, Toto, Totoro, Totoro Andre, whatever name you want to use, I'm sure he'd be okay with it. On this episode, we go into a few music festivals that Andre has been a part of, and many that have shaped how he sees uh, himself and the world. Toto is a very interesting man who exists in many forms and wears many hats, both figuratively and literally. Uh, I've known him for a number of years and many of his stories still surprise me. Hope you enjoy the episode. Uh uh-huh.
Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to our to the first, not even back. Welcome to the first the episode first. Oh, of uh, of Expose Yourself to Christian. Uh, I have a good friend of mine, somebody I've known for about six years now, I think. Uh, uh, Andre, uh, sorry, Toto. <laughs> I have always. Uh, if you know me, and it comes out as Andre. That's cool. Like the, uh, I was walking here today, actually uh, thinking about that. What was the main thing? I like all my names because of the people who say them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue for different people, yeah, right? And yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's the people I love. It, it, it sounds good coming out of people that care about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. All right, well, um, you're known pretty uh, commonly as Toto. That's the name that uh, we were, uh, before we started this episode here, we were talking about that. Uh, but I think, it, if like you said, it's cool if I call you Andre, then that's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll use that. So, expose yourself is a show all about uh, entertaining and embarrassing stories, oftentimes humorous, maybe sometimes tragic. Who knows what's going to come up? Uh, but I brought you on as uh, my first guest because I, I know you've lived quite the life. Um, and in, it in, has been fi- uh, tricky figuring out what stories. I didn't know about the embarrassing part, so no. I kind of went to the inspiring part. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so so th- that was the original idea was uh, was embarrassing stories, but I think I'm just going to turn it into a storytelling podcast. Mm. I think that works a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what what's your what you're all about, if you if you if you can simplify it to the best of your ability. I know you're a you're a wordsmith yourself. I'm right? a wordsmith. Uh, I uh, am a master poet. I have the paper to prove it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, what I did my, yeah. My You've written a school. number of books. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think you're on uh, you're on uh, twelve well, or something. Um, like that, sure. I tried to do a book a month for a year. Yeah. Um, and I came close. Uh, and if people want to find those books, they can find them on Amazon. Uh, Amazon under zip. Toto. Zip, uh, Toto. Zip with two P's. Two P's. Yeah. Um, I was reading Beef. Uh, oh, which nice. I, which I believe is yeah. your, one of your first ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider it my first novel. Your first novel, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's uh, it's uh, uh, kind of a... Uh, uh, how would I explain it? It's, it's a biography of sorts, but also kind of a, a fictional tale at the same time. Like nice. a big fish story, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it's only just beginning. Yeah, there's more. There's more to the to the saga. There's, there's more. That's the first of uh, four books. Mm-hmm. It goes beef, ground beef, of uh, which uh, is done. Uh, ginger beef, and boeuf. Boeuf and boeuf. B o o b o. B o e u f. Nice. Okay. Boeuf. Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> um. Yeah. So you're a poet. You're a writer. Uh. You're a dancer. You're I'm a, a dancer. I, I do soccer dance player. Uh, I love teaching community soccer. I'm a big, um, I'm a big. We're, we're changing in, in a positive direction. Coming back to community, village, um, and soccer is actually a really clever, neat way in which to teach and experience that change. Because we're all used to the soccer that we know, and you got cleats, and you're running fast, and competition, and oh, I lost, and da 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 da. Um, but we play without cleats. Uh, and it changes the whole game. Um, we're not here to tear up Mama Earth, so you know the ball will always move faster than you can run. So you kind of take the that speed movement element. When you take out the cleats, it's less dangerous. More people can play, um, and yeah, it moves faster than you can run. And it's the ultimate game of sharing, where you're constantly giving and receiving. Uh, and when I've got to introduce that, I often uh, do it with the Sundance as well. 
um, to teach that community in a simple step and to make people comfortable because it's just a ball and your feet have been at the bottom of your legs all your life. Um, and just demystifying it. And then it just becomes, wow, you're just running around kicking the ball <laughs> with your friends. Yeah, yeah. And you remember that. The competition kind of gets lifted away. It lifted. You have the story. Uh, the, the scoring uh, creates the story and creates the moments. Uh, but everyone, uh, since I've been playing it and teaching it, not a single person has been sad to lose. Right. Everyone's yeah. Because they just had a good time. Yeah, they had a good time. And you can build those bonds. And it's in the way that they we played soccer. And this other kind of version is kind of the shift that I hope we make as a, as a as a society toward that collaboration and that celebration. And uh, sport wasn't about, uh, originally the intention was not about who was the best. Uh, it was a way in which two different groups could share what they learned over the year. Yeah. Uh, it's how they both got better. Yeah, right on. <laughs> cool. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so among, other, among those things that you do, uh, like we said earlier, you are a, a storyteller. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories from you. I've heard a lot of stories about you. You're, you've been uh, an enigma in a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, I've known a lot of people who uh, are not shocked, but it's just like when I bring you up or your name comes up in conversation or something, uh, I'm, I'm astounded by the amount of people that know you, you know, and the amount of people that you know, you know. You're, you're a very friendly and, and cheerful guy, so it's, it, I'm glad to have you here as the, as the first guest. So. Thank you. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into a story. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah, you go to a lot of festivals. I go to a lot of festivals. Uh, before I went to festivals, actually, the first in that experience Indigenous Leadership Gathering uh, in Little Wet, B.C. Uh, it was 10 days. Uh, it was the first time I ever did a sweat. Ended up doing like three and a half. Uh, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was timeless. Um, the energy, uh, I came halfway through, but the energy at the end of that 10-day gathering, food was ca- taken care of. So you didn't, it's a beautiful thing that happens when people aren't worried about uh yeah, food, right? The food was there. Yeah. They were there. They didn't have to have any worries. They could be themselves. Right. Um, and it's, uh, after that, it was four days. And then I went to Sundances and Medicine Gatherings, all also four days. Um, and then I went to, uh, Inshallah was my first uh, transformative festival. Uh, Frog Fest was my second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Frog Fest is great. It's great. Yeah. It is great. Uh, and I was glad to have gone to the Indigenous Gatherings first. Because I recognized the same things happening. Uh, I just applied to Boom, and there was a neat line in there in that we remembered what we forgot. Even, you know, like, this gathering thing is something we've been doing for aeons, and it's important, and it's huge to the community, that space, the land calls us there. Uh, But even when we didn't know that's what we were doing, these festivals pop up in these beautiful places, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, These special, sacred time outside of uh, the regular world uh, to just have a different experience and get in touch with uh, yeah a lot yeah 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 <laughs> so i dig them i've uh, i've got to go to uh yeah a lot i've been blessed i think my record uh in a year was 14 or 15 that's outstanding that's a lot <laughs> yeah uh, like a band at this point yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
just cruising I think around. When I try not to go, I end up going to at least eight or nine. It yeah. just kind of happens. Um, and I am able to do that because most of them I'm either doing workshops or I'm volunteering or part of it somehow. Uh, I've been blessed that as I shift, I'm moving more even deeper into the organizing side of those things, and mm-hmm. it, it feels good. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. So what's the what's the story? Oh, the story. Yeah. yeah. First motion notion. <laughs> first so motion notion. First motion notion was uh 2013. So it was the uh, a year after my first 2012 was my first uh, foray uh, into festivals, uh, Inshallah and then Frogfest, and then Shambhala. Um, and I quickly mentioned Shambhala because at the same time I was going to Shambhala. Oh, that's a, that's a really good story. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is uh uh. It's a Sundance, the Sundance that I that I uh, had attended uh, was happening at the same time. Uh, it was that week, and I didn't know. I want. I heard about Shambhala for a long time. Never been to Shambhala. Uh, I kind of wanted to go to Shambhala. Kind of want to even just get to the Sundance, but you know, I don't have any money and nothing. It's Wednesday. Yeah. It's not like I'm going anywhere. Uh, and my buddy calls me up and he's like, "Hey, you know, you going to Shambhala?" And I'm like, "Nah, man." Yeah. No float. He's like, "No, do, do you want to go to Shambhala?" I'm like, "What?" I'm leaving in an hour, or no, I'm leaving tonight, I'll get you a ticket, I got food, I got thing, I'll, you'll be taken care of, um, but, you know, you gotta decide quick, uh, he gave me an hour, <laughs> and so I went. The most difficult hour of I your went. life, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, i the easiest hour, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I went, and... Realized it, you know, didn't have the ticket yet, and even that story—it's magical. The thing breaks down. It—it it, it is an epic story. Uh, should I just tell that one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, let's do the Shambhala story, everybody. Shambhala craziness. So uh, we're going. You know, he has this dream. He has this wagon. His dream is going to be a Shambhala with this motorhome. Uh, beautiful fella, uh, Jay. Uh, Robert Paulson um, and he he brought me and uh, Bracken and that's when Bracken and I first met uh, and he's taking us both there we're driving it's going great and then and then it breaks down the the, the motorhome the motorhome breaks down it breaks down so much we have to tow it back to the nearest city everything's closed he's desperate to like fix it it's not gonna fix it we're like this is not we're not going to Shambhala <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bracket. I kind of take it easy. Uh, next day, if we help him let go. You know that it has to be that wagon. Like he, he it was not going to get fixed. It was, uh, you know, even he he had to let go if we were going to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually he did. He did. And he, uh, Bracket's mom picked us up. We went back to Calgary. He ran into G. Then we went. So we're on our way. I realize I don't have my idea, you know, I'm I'm one to lose things. <laughs> 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 and so at this time I had recently lost my ID. Uh going to Shambhala with no ID. Uh and I'm like, you know what, it's okay. They're going in the right direction. If I don't make it I can go I'll just hitchhike to the, the Sundance. I'm on my way that far. And I kinda it's a really it's a powerful, beautiful thing and I and I haven't actually yet been back since. Um and we we get there. Oh, I still don't have a ticket, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Important part. Of the story, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got one. He got one for Brack on the on the road, and we still don't get it. And then finally, he gets one instead of will call. Weird thing. Shambhala has crazy lines, like crazy long 
long lines people in line for like forever yeah for anybody at home who's listening who doesn't know what shambhala is shambhala is an uh, electronic music festival that happens in uh british columbia uh right british columbia um yeah it's not far near nelson right yes um so like right in the in the the green elbow as it were (laughs) of of, uh, british columbia and uh yeah it's it's uh four-day festival i believe four or five day well it's kind of it's grown yeah it's slowly etching up longer uh a big sentiment and a lot of people they go to the festival you're just starting to connect yeah Um, i do have a dream of a 10-day one uh called the muppet show (laughs) is that wait is that a festival or is that a festival to be hopefully that it's a collaboration between calgary-based uh festivals and alberta-based festivals uh for a 10-day thing that uh the muppet show as in French show, oh, both okay. for for copyright and to make it a burn uh, to get the freezer burners to get all these different communities who are moving in the same direction to to connect to connect outside of the city to connect in something they're familiar with but not familiar with. Right. Like, there's so much actual emotional connection work we've done in uh, in the festivals that we have. Uh, yeah, I have a ten day that to really connect, uh, really attend workshops, uh, uh, live music. Uh, uh, the Muppet Show and, uh, and being a burn, and uh, it would have to be kind of burn style as well. Yeah, um, that's something I'm working on. I'm uh, uh, I'm in the the backgrounds right now. I'm uh, I'm on the Frogfest board. Yeah, yeah. I'm a parking lead for Freezer Burn. Um, inshallah, they like the idea. It might happen next summer. Cool, uh, cool. Keep uh, your eyes peeled, everybody. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep anyway, so tickets anyway. at Will Call. Tickets at Will Call. Keep me on track. <laughs> um. Tickets on well call. Uh, we get in there and uh, yeah. So Shambhala, right, right. Shambhala has crazy lines. I I didn't know this my first time. Since going back a few times, I don't go to that one too often. They have crazy lines. Yeah, they're known for. And this is Friday night. We're getting in Friday. And night they search like everybody's car, right? Like, uh, not so much that. It's just a long process. Oh, okay. It's yeah. a long process. Yeah, because there's so many people going in yeah. there. It's on a private property, yep. so yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's actually uh, I've learned uh, one of the most enjoyable things because you meet people in line. And yeah, people are people are ready. But this is Friday night. We left Wednesday night, mind you. So this whole thing, <laughs> we were supposed to get there early, and it's taking us longer. We get there Friday night. But that night, what I didn't know then, we there was we just drove right up, pretty much, right, just cruised on into where the gate was. Got I got out of the car to go will call with him to get my ticket, uh, and I waited there, and he went back. And then when I got back to the car, they'd already done the ID checks. Oh uh, yeah, and like right the ID on. thing. Yeah, like Blood, you need your ID. You just do. Uh, and yeah, it's just because that little slip, I got to go. Right on. Um, so you just got back in the car? Got back in the car. And zipped right in. And zipped right in. That's wild. We zipped right in. We get there. They're like, okay, we go check. It's night. I've never been to Shambhala. And, they go, and I have no idea. I just got like, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember even what I had that first time. It wasn't much. Like clothes on your back pretty yeah, much, eh? I had, a, I think, a onesie and some stuff underneath. And, and we go. <laughs> it's a great night. It's fantastic. My favorite part is when the sun comes up because then there's room to dance. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I'm just coasting. You know, I haven't slept. they just enjoying. Uh, I go back to where the car was, and it's not there. No car. Uh, I don't know where. And, like, Chumbala Parking is another crazy thing. Uh, but, like, I was, like, the car. And I remember looking around. I don't know anybody. I'm, like, I don't have any money. 
I don't eat food. I don't know what this guy is. <laughs> your, your beard is scratching against oh. the mic. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Sorry about it, man. Yeah. Get, get right into it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, car's gone. Car's gone. I don't, uh, and I'm like, okay, I only got the clothes in my back, you know. So I go back and I do some dancing, enjoy it. I eventually do fall asleep. Uh, Saturday night, I managed to find uh, um, my buddy Sky. Uh, they have this beautiful dome, and I and they have these people napping in there. So I got I got I got a nice little rest there. Uh, and I'm going around. I'm shy. I don't really want to ask. And I get a little water, a little food in there. Uh, I'm feeling tired. And I remember just like this is like a Sunday. Uh, I still haven't seen him. I don't know where he's gone. Uh, he had moved the car. Uh, uh, Shambhala, though, many people have the story where you don't see the person you come with until the day you leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shambhala will strip your uh, what it's best at, sir. With all those different festivals, what it is best at is uh, is stripping your expectations. Uh, if you have any at all, you'll have a terrible time. Yeah, and that's how it strips it. It's like, and my moment. Uh, uh, actually, before before I tell it, I might mix some shambalas. I had a moment in the water where I was like, okay, just let go. No, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one, I was up against the fence. I was feeling kind of sore. I didn't know what was going on, but I was like remembering um, at this very moment. My uh, my Sundance brothers, they're they're dancing. They they dance for four days, without food, without water. Uh, from sunup to sundown. Uh, there's drumming. They smoke a pipe. Um, it's powerful. It's a powerful thing to be a part of, to yeah. see and to witness. And I was just there to witness and uh, and support. Um, and there's so many teachings in Sundance. And why I also uh, when I teach soccer, uh, I use it to really express the deep community that it is. But anyway, here they were doing that. You know, it's not a really complicated dance because we got to do that in the sun. And you're actually not supposed to be able to go three days without food or water. But they do it for four. And on the fourth day is when they pierce to the tree or they, they tour and they, they give the offering of flesh. Um, like literally. Literally. Like tear off a piece of their oh, own flesh. Oh, yeah, because right? uh, the, uh, it's a beautiful teaching around it. Because, you know, they're dancing for prayer, for healing, for vision. They dance around a tree that the community has got that they have from wherever they have to get it. They go as a community and they go together when they cut it down and must not touch the ground to honor it. And with lots of hands, you can do that. Yeah. And they carry it all the way back. Uh, and they're all the prayers and they, and they dance. Um, and the teaching, though, is all this, everything, it belongs to mama. <laughs> it's on loan. We're, we're helping tenant. We share it. But it, it all belongs to the mom, and nothing actually belongs to you. You can't actually offer anything because it's not yours to offer. Uh, the only thing you're given is a body. Right. So that little piece of flesh is what you, that's what you could offer. Uh, so they do. That's wild. Um, very beautiful. Very beautiful. Uh, and that's, that's just even the tip of the iceberg of the, t uh, the community and teachings of it. Um, but so here I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, they're, they're doing that. And when I dance, I dance pretty hard. I've seen uh, it, yeah. And that first one too, I had some pretty beautiful dances. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, 
2012 was when I first did acid. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> was that at that show? At Frogfest, actually. was the first Oh, Frogfest, which is a couple of, uh, months before. before yeah. yeah. I, was, I actually emceed. <laughs> While doing it, hey? Okay. Well, that's a story. That's, <laughs> that's another, another story. story. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I sit in there. And so I did some, I did some big dance in my, in my heart. I'm like, you know, I'll just... Oh yeah, the thought came just a little bit after I had this beautiful conversation up against the fence with the, uh, uh, the three people. I remember one of them had a book, uh, drawing. And we, we just started talking, and it was a good talk. Uh, and then they gave me a tab of acid. Yeah. Right. You know, all my pains go away. <laughs> it, so at this point, this is like your second time doing acid. Yeah. 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 At uh, Shambhala. At Shambhala. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Man. Uh, and remembering, I'm like, they're doing that. I can I can go with a little food and a little water and a little bit of drugs, and I'll dance hard. Yeah, <laughs> I will dance hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did, and it was beautiful. And uh, dancing on uh, on the beach to Lioness in this this beautiful. A lot of the festivals offered these little tweaks to my dancing. One of the ones I really got into was slow motion, mm-hmm. like really. In slow motion, that looked like it was slow, like like it looked like it was a fast action, but going slow. And I remember dancing with a teddy bear that had dreadlocks, and he, I swear his hair was even just moving in slow motion. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, not Doctor Bob. That's not Doctor Bob. Yeah. Doctor Bob. Although the last time uh, Doctor Bob was heard of was at a Chambla. I didn't make it to. Uh, what I heard was he was. Uh, he's just yeti. He's beautiful. He's probably my most wise storyteller <laughs> i love dr bob yeah, yeah. you were amazing. almost never without that guy doctor he... for those uh th- the physical uh, <laughs> uh dr bob was a uh was a plush toy that uh that andre would bring around with him to tell to tell stories and engage engage people through the movements of the of the creature mm-hmm. um anyway yeah dr bob was a is, is also an enigma and, and I, you had lost him at one point uh or Oh, even that motion notion. Yeah. Actually, he was at that. Whoa, no. Whoa. Are we telling like five different stories? No, no, they're, 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 they're colliding back to the first motion notion. Oh, right on. <laughs> okay, cool. But I think actually it might have been the second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one of the reasons I thought of the Shambhala story when I was going to tell the, the, the motion notion story, the first motion notion was that Motion Notion became for me my unofficial official Sundance. Mm-hmm. That's where I was just like super dedicated uh, to to be there, to be present. Uh, I discovered it, it had a lot, a lot to do with community, cleaning up the dance floor, being there and just, you know. Uh, one, of the, one of my, uh, my tricks of the trade, uh, of how I do it, uh, is you know overnight, if you stay up till the sun, that's one thing, and nights recharge it. But I found if you just clean up the camp, you clean up people's sites, you tidy it up, make it look it, it is recharging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah, you um, gotta give back a little bit, right? Yeah, so you can and get so I learned a lot about uh, in the process. Of this, so I did tweaks to it, uh, but a lot of the same lessons that I uh, I could procure and that were gifted really uh to me uh, to find that way in, in that dance in motion ocean uh 
even they even have that first main stage had a pole to dance around and it was just there was a lot like to a it. maypole or something like that um it had a center pole in the dance floor um and for me that uh was the kind of the echo to that tree that stood in the center and you had right. the dance floor around um yeah uh, so anyway, we were talking about Shambhala, we and then we, Shambhala. we went into Motion Notion, we Doctor Bob. Uh, Dr. So Bob. we were we were talking about slow mo dancing on acid at uh, right. at Shambhala, Shambhala. twenty twelve. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I did eventually run into to my buddy, uh, and it all worked out. You know. Yeah, got so back much. in the jeep, came back home, eh? Came, came, got back in the jeep, came back home. Uh, this is not the first time that I actually lost my driver again. Yeah, uh, the second time was even uh, even more emotional because I did know where the car was, and every time I go there, it was locked, and it was a long walk to get there. And this one particular time, I was going through a lot, of, like so. These these festivals, you know, I, yeah, I remember talking to Amber Amber Lynn. Uh, at the end of a Shambhala, like uh, some party, because it's more than it's not a party. Uh, it's deep, uh, and uh, it's a a space that emotion can move, but it can catch you. And it caught me in that parking lot, and it was locked, and I was stuck. And but this time I had this <laughs> this zebra onesie. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. At the time, I kind of exchanged a lot of uh, costumes. Uh, I learned to costume change. It's another trick. You know, it's kind of like having a shower. If you just change your clothes, you feel great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one level of cleanliness, right? right? That one just, level of hygiene. You know, bam, and you, and you feel you feel brand new. But this time, uh, the, I stuck the whole weekend again with this same outfit. But I really got to know uh, that that zebra onesie. Yeah. Do you and, still have it? Uh, no. Yeah. I worked that one through its paces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but wow, uh, danced a pumpkin in that. Uh, in that onesie and that was captured by uh, uh, two ladies they do a kind of media blog thing I'm forgetting everybody's name uh, but yeah uh, in their article uh, there was the dance that won me Shambhala <laughs> oh yeah yeah so uh, probably somebody can google that hey? like yeah. the, the dance that won Shambhala <laughs> you'll probably be able to find it um but that one, it, it was a bit like, so I was going through a lot of emotion. I remember talking to uh, Rongo, 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 and like, man, I'm going to break down and cry. I'm like, just going through so much. I don't know when or where or how. And it was on that dance floor. Oh, my God, it felt great. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the midst of your dancing. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and, and because I had that, 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 that onesie with a hood, I could be on that ground and kind of like hide myself or I think I had myself enough. But yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. I danced the whole set. <laughs> yeah. So that is that the sh that's the Shambhala story, eh? That was the impromptu Shambhala story. I impromptu realized there was Shambhala more, story. and it, the point of it was the why why motion notion and why the first motion notion, um, and that. But I'm realizing it has stories within stories. Yeah, the layers of the a, a, layers. a layers. That one of a, has of a, a sword in it and a lady in the lake. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> man, you could go on for hours like that. Eh? Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you telling us that story. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't tell you that story. 
True. Well, I told you a different story. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. 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 Are we Are we doing a couple stories? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I can now tell you that story. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're gonna We're gonna take a, a quick little break here, and then right. we'll, we'll come back for for the next uh, the next the next story. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I've been your host, Christian. If you like what you heard, please give us five stars on iTunes, give us a follow on Spotify, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media by searching Thunder Lizard Collective on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and Thunder Lizard OG on Twitter. You can use those to see when new episodes of the Thundercast, Thunder Dragons, and Expose Yourself are coming out. Again, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you come back soon. Hello and welcome to Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I'm your host, Christian. Today's episode, we have part two of my conversation with Totoro Andre, a man who, as I said in the last episode, is is quite an enigma in in many ways, and he exists in many spaces all at the same time, as a wizard would in a way. Uh, Andre is a filmmaker, a poet, a soccer professional, a mover, and a shaker, Uh, and like I said before, he's a man of many, many hats and also many capes. Andre and I have known each other for a number of years, and this story is also one that I have heard before but still does not cease to surprise me. Uh, I hope that you enjoy this conversation between me and Andre. Thank you.
All right, everybody, welcome back to Expose Yourself to Christian. Uh, I'm here with a uh, good friend, uh, Andre Toto. Uh, you uh, most likely just heard uh, the Motion Notion Shambhala. Uh, prelude. Prelude, <laughs> yes. So now we're going we're gonna to go into... First Motion Notion. The First Motion Notion. First Motion Notion. The first... This is it 2013? You know, I had that 2012 year, and now it's, it's 2013. Um, you know, Frog Fest beautiful uh, uh, I had heard about Motion Notion I think I had actually filmed the very first one that was in an arena see back I had a little period where uh, I made these short films yeah, yeah. Uh, 1999 or whatever yeah Salty Dog Production Salty Company Salty Dog Production Company that's right yeah, uh, yeah. and then Puffy uh, Room Productions Puffy Room Productions yeah. uh, um, you can find a lot of those on uh, Andre's uh, upcoming website yeah ziptoto.ca ziptoto.ca there's also a few of them uh, up on uh, the Thunder Lizard Collective uh, yeah, YouTube yeah. channel actually so. they're all on there and I believe yeah. all of them are up there. There might be one missing. I think so, yeah. There's something. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's nostalgic. Yeah. Uh, but I had this beautiful Canon, Canon XL1. And I, uh, I dreams of uh, filmmaking. Uh, that's a, a big one. Uh, in my path, it's actually what brought me back to writing stories and storytelling. Uh, was to try and get into film school. <laughs> uh, and I made a bunch of films. And I had this amazing camera. And I, and I shot these amazing rave videos again when you're doing things for the first time sometimes you don't know what you're doing and then look back and like holy shit fuck yeah <laughs> it was yeah. good and this camera was something special because it captured the sound it, you could i could walk around and you know because i have that groove i would find a way to move with the camera with the music and all my little uh in-camera effects and filters and, and playing and just beautiful shots. Uh, but the music was captured perfectly. And so when people would watch it, they could just watch it, and they would just watch it. Uh, and looking back, it, like, it didn't even need to be edited. It was just this beautiful flow yeah. that people dipped in and out of, and people uh, watched it all over, and uh, eventually some of those tapes got lost. Uh, eventually, sadly, I had a, the chunk that I did have, like you know, seven or eight hours, good chunk. I was in a media, and someone had put my tapes near speakers. Oh, uh, and the electrical interference? Yeah. yeah. It, it jigged all the footage. Oh, bummer. And I was like, ah. And then, you know, and, and I love I loved making those things and, and moving with, uh, with music and uh, kind of filmmaking. Uh, and looking back, wow, yeah, people would just sit and watch it. What a, what a huge compliment. And, uh, they were beautiful. Uh, the, I really knew that camera well and mood really well. Where would you screen these? And where did you show them? Um, people would just have them playing in their houses because the tapes would be over. Oh and yeah, played on the camera and uh, ended up lending the camera out. Uh, and a lot of people watched a bunch of those videos. Uh, and then that camera got broke. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> and yeah. they had to sell it. Uh, to make the payments. Uh, and it, that kind of ended that, uh, and that was a moment, uh, and I haven't really even got to see those, those videos since a long time. Um, so there's this opportunity, Motion Notion, I've heard about it, and no chance to go. I'm still, you know, still a noob, still just, you know, okay, what are these things? Uh, and, uh, Catalyst, uh, uh, Jake, not Jake, my friend Catalyst. James, James Catalyst. James I, Catalyst. I actually uh, had known him back in university days, uh, and gone to cult parties and stuff. And uh, 
and he hired me to edit uh, to film uh, Motion Ocean. Yeah, and what year, what year is this, sir? 2013. 2013. Okay. 2013. And part of me is like, oh, this, you know, this kind of redemptive feeling. You know, I get to make these that those that rave video I'd always wanted to make. Yeah. But I didn't have a camera. Uh, but Mark uh, Vandergraaf. Yeah, friend friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, had these GoPros. Yeah. So it was different because I couldn't I wouldn't be able to do all the things and zooms and the things that I did with this camera, the other camera, and it probably didn't capture the sound the same. Uh, but I'm going to go and I, I'm originally going to go with Mark, but then Mark can make it. So it's just me. Uh, I do call this story the Holy Flail. <laughs> the Holy Flail. <laughs> the Holy Flail. Uh, so I go in there. Uh, Phi says, you know, I should shoot on slower speed because it, it, it'll uh, enrich it. But what I don't realize is that I'm still moving with the music. <laughs> so it's not okay. going to be out of sync. Yeah. <laughs> That footage I still haven't seen. I haven't seen that footage. Yeah. Um, when I was going there, I heard other people were filming, and I said, "Okay, I'm not going to capture all what other people. Are. I'm going to, you know, explore the advantage of this GoPro." Uh, and I, I told James that, and that I'd also take this chance to film some of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Just one there. Uh, I'd actually filmed some three really beautiful dances. One was in the water. Of you? Of me? Yeah. I just set it up and I danced in this water thing, and then the other one was um, uh, dancing with this uh, rainbow colored sheet uh my friend i think it was vanessa dyed it and i was dancing with that um i think there's something else i can't quite remember uh but i remember you know some really beautiful arts artful things and what i struck to capture was the the daytime moment so when the people did have the space to dance i wasn't going for all the money shots but that's what James Wanna was. Was the, the money, money shots? Because yeah. it's for a promo. The nighttime, the, the but I'm like, lights, I'm like all yeah. about the art of it, and like this GoPro is neat because it is a GoPro, but that means I can do funky little things and sneak it down around the ground. Yeah, and, and, and so discreet. Yeah, yeah. so discreet. Uh, still haven't watched it. Uh, you, where does it exist? Does he have all the footage? Uh, Mark has it. Oh, okay. It's on his computer. Right on. I, I came close. I lived with him for a little, and I still didn't watch it. Uh, uh, James watched it. Hated it. It's not not anything like empty dance fleet. Like, uh, what is this? And there's even like one where I, I throw I throw the camera up high, so I'm trying to catch a high shot. Mm-hmm. Like I freeze it later, but it's the camera spinning up and it's spinning down, but then it's also in slow motion, and so like it was really crazy to watch. Probably yeah, yeah, a little trippy, yeah. <laughs> probably a little nauseating. And so right? he was like, no, uh, he was he was uh, uh, nice though, because you know it. Uh, he did pay for me to be there, uh, and then he's just like, you know, give me the cash back, but you don't have to pay for your ticket. And, right. And I, and I did holy flow because I, I did acid, and I was like, oh, it's sometimes when you do acid, you can't work digital things. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your hands can't can't it just comprehend can't, it. And yeah. so the, it does. And I experienced uh, the holy fill to, thankfully, not have done a great job with the video because maybe I just end up doing. Uh, uh, rave videos and concert footage and, and all that stuff. And yeah. what I learned that thing was that I am not here to film. I am. I am here to dance and, and participate. And, and yeah, part, be a part yeah, of that. Yeah, and keep what is maybe filmed or whatever. And so, motion notion. Oh man, I just went off. Uh, and in the back of my brain was to dance with that idea of vision uh, and prayers and community. And it's interesting to think back. It's 2013 when I didn't know anybody. 
Uh, I really want to see the footage because I'm probably, you know, I probably know 80% of the people I filmed. In that footage, now. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which would be kind of neat to look back on. Why, what, what's holding you back from, from watching the footage? Uh, Weird fate, time, fate, procrastination, fate. Yeah. <laughs> Are you worried that it's going to, like, no, 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 trigger I'm, anything no, in you? No, 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 I'm not. I really want to. Yeah. Uh, I've even thought of... Um, writing a book called the disco dow which is the dow of the party yeah uh, yeah to talk about these things and, and how they help people move and, uh, and even birthdays and, and celebrations they're, they're really important to our souls um and i figured i could do the book and then do a film about disco dow using using the footage because i do have a lot where it is the solo dances with the, some of the words but then it'd be all these other clips and i'd hopefully get to work with like um ah am i forgetting his name Anyway, uh, to with other uh, um, festival footage, yeah, yeah, and create this beautiful feature to, on that take. And I, I, I could almost guarantee people want to see something <laughs> like that for sure. People love watching festival films, yeah, you know? just because uh, you know, for one, oh, I might catch a glimpse of myself, but two, <laughs> like you get to feel that movement without you get to be a part of it without actually being a part mm -hmm. of it, right? Yeah, and also I think it'd be really, really fun for you to release that footage in 2020 whoa you know? whoa, like, whoa where like yeah, people yeah. people are gonna see themselves when they were so much younger oh. maybe maybe in a completely different headset or a mindset i should say yeah wow that's yeah. a great idea actually we'll talk tomorrow all right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we can make it happen Kevin. uh that's awesome um but yeah i learned yeah you know it sounds weird, but yeah i was there to dance uh and and did some amazing dancing and uh, it was it was very solo because I didn't know anybody, but there was a there was a freedom to that. Uh, but it's the first time I kind of really got into shadow dancing and dancing with your shadow. Oh yeah, right, like Peter Pan esque, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I I do in my workshops, uh, especially if you're dancing under uh, with the sun, because uh, your shadow always looks magnificent. It's got <laughs> this kind of lifted posture, and then you can dance and it moves, and you can move with it, and it takes. The whole knee movement—it's—it's it's a beautiful thing to do. Yeah, it helps you kind of a, uh, a stretch. And I guess very metaphorical when you dance with your shadow, you grow. <laughs> when uh, when you were there by yourself, because um, I, I assume yeah, you went alone. Yeah. Right? Um, it, it's funny to think about um, how you are now, you know, and how I know you, yeah. right? Because um, I would have met you roughly around that time, mm -hmm. right? Roughly around, maybe a little bit later than yeah. that, um, and seeing you know how 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 uh personable you are and, <laughs> and, how, and how open and willing to have conversations with anybody and everybody was it was it how hard was it for you back then to like come out of your comfort zone oh no see it, it, it was special most that motion because there's another thing about festivals that uh, the connects you make they just feel long and there's depth to them uh emotion ocean for me and the people uh who attended or part of that community yeah, very near and dear um one of my favorite things that i did there that i hadn't done since there were a lot of really neat things that i got to do there because i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> uh and one was uh when people were like you know what's your name i was like well what do you want to call me and uh people would always have a name uh and it was awesome because as i moved around that festival 
I'd hear that name and I and I remember or I know who I was talking to. <laughs> right. That's that's really great. Yeah. You know that this one person calls me this, right? And it was usually the group that would too. Right. Uh, uh, oh, it's been many years because there was this one group, and I when I ever did tell the story, I would always mention the name that they told me because it felt good and it felt good to them. Uh, but I've forgotten the name over time. Yeah, <laughs> it'll come yeah. back. Yeah, eventually. Uh, but one that I do remember was this one wicked camp, um, and I gave them all nicknames, uh, and it was all it was like drugs and rugs and hugs and bugs and thugs and uh, I was Uggs. Yeah. Uh, and a year later, I actually remembered all their names. Great. Uh, yeah. Over time, because we weren't calling each other that. Uh, but one, the one that stuck for everybody was Hugs. Hugs, hugs stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you still talk to Hugs? Oh yeah, those guys, man. Whenever I do get to see them, they've crisscrossed. They're, uh, they're awesome in the name of science. Uh, uh, it turned out a bunch of them were scientists. Uh, really? Uh, oh yeah. And they did crazy things with drugs in the name of science. <laughs> and I did them with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guinea that, pig, yeah. That first one, I uh, I didn't know that many people, but uh, again, that, that Dreamweaver bus and uh, that community was there. Yeah. Uh, and so that was it. That became uh, a good route. And I remember going back, you know, and trying to figure out the camera in the, the bus being like, hey, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I uh, did memorable dances. One was where I danced in my uh, sweater. I had this really, this knit sweater, and I just ducked right into it and just rolled around in this sweater and the light that came through those little cracks. And, and it really took me back to being a kid because I'm pretty sure as a kid. It was like a right? womb, yeah. 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 And just rolled around the dance floor, and that was nice. Uh, one epic one was, um, and a lot of people remember this one, it was, it was an empty dance floor. And I just, it was a kind of cabana stage. And I think uh, Robbie C was uh, the DJ. Oh. Uh, and uh, maybe even. Um, ah. <laughs> 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 was DJing with him. Uh, I was swimming uh, on the dance floor. Yeah, I was taking strokes and backstrokes. While standing or on oh, the ground? Oh, on the ground. Yeah. Right on the ground, like, you know. Right on the ground, doing breaststrokes and moving. And you could, you could pull yourself. <laughs> uh, and then about three to six, and a few more people uh, uh, came and swam with me. And this is the motion notion that would have been in an arena, or no, 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 no this no, is no, outside. No. Oh, sorry, this is outside. This is golden. This is the golden, sweetest yeah. spot yeah. it ever was in the, any festival. Really, that spot. I gotta oh. say something. I've always felt like golden smells like pee. <laughs> and I don't know why. And mm. I, th I think maybe it's motion notion. I think it's outside. because it's called golden. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my, why you have that association always in your been brain. My theory. Yeah. Either that, or we just always stopped at the worst <laughs> oh, gas stations. I love stations. golden. No, no, wonderful peeps. I, w I went know. there uh, a little while ago, and we went to the you know Kicking uh, King Horse Resort there mm -hmm. um, up on the mountain, and that's a beautiful place. I, I tell you, like once once I get over the my brain telling me that golden smells like pee, <laughs> it's a beautiful <laughs> place. So I I got no place. qualms with golden anymore. Uh, and so this location, I probably yeah, even should describe it. it, is surrounded by mountains. It's just mountains and just the beautiful mountains that have beautiful snow. There's river that runs through it, but you're just mountains mm -hmm. and it, you just feel in the cup of this mountain oh and even the even better than the, so this part of the mountainside uh looks like a yawny 
what's a yanni sorry yanni i was trying to come up with the the best like what is the best word for that yeah vagina uh, <laughs> yeah 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 yanni, right. I, right? I know what you mean uh delicate and powerful and so you're kind yeah. of a, the feeling of just a feeling of care and majesty uh that was that location uh and getting to dance there and the, the, uh getting to roll around on the ground so anyway the the dancing on the ground later led to, at night, same kind of dance floor, but it's night. Dancing, and this is wonderful, kind of magical, mystical uh, woman with kind of silver draperies and whatever. And she has this this sword. Uh, it's a, a sawed-off saw hockey stick. So no <laughs> blade. It's actually a sword with no blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a hilt. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, and so you have the staff, and she just wrapped it all in blue duct tape. Uh, and as the handle was this rubber rubber snake. And you know, uh, she's like, you know, I uh, I was dancing with you earlier. I was swimming with you. It's like, oh no way. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I'm the lady of the lake. And she had the sword. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I was dancing in the lake with the lady of the lake. And yeah. And then she let me dance with the sword for a little bit. And I gave it back. <laughs> Amazing. I got to really make one of those swords again. Hockey stick, blade cut off. Sword. Oh. It's yeah. That alone, the stories I got to tell about later on. Oh, I'm skipping ahead. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day, uh, I'm walking around. And we had a good, good conversation. It was l- uh, lovely and about vests. Um, about desks vests 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 okay vests um and then i sent walking and i got that uh, that rainbow um my friend had tie-dyed yeah, sh- yeah. Uh, the bed sheet the bed sheet we were talking about brain, yeah. it was beautiful um and you know she had the the sword and we want to dance with it yeah and so i start dancing with it and um now and i really gotten used to the flow of this uh this sheet which was captured in film. <laughs> uh, and I remember, well, it's so funny because I remember what was neat about it was the slow motion thing. Mm-hmm. But I was filming in slow motion, slow motion. <laughs> uh, my other friend, who I can't remember his name, he said you could speed it up to normal. And, you yeah, de- you definitely yeah, can. Yeah, so yeah. I look forward to that too. Uh, but I'd start dancing with the sword and the sheet and my shadow. And I'm telling story. Like that was another thing with the, with the dancing with my shadow that I was really getting into was the stories I could tell myself with the shadow. With, and I had this sweater with the hood. And, yeah. And just yeah, yeah. rolling through these beautiful little tales. And with the shadow and this this staff sword, became a, it became a, a shower curtain. It became a TV. Like all, it just transformed into all these different things. Yeah. By the time I was done, she was gone. Nowhere to be seen. <laughs> the lady of the lake. Lady's gone. Yeah. Gone. But I'm left, I'm left with that sword, this magical, mystical sword. Uh, she like bequeathed it on to you. I, I yeah. and the way I liked it, I I didn't pull uh, a sword out of a rock, but I turned it into a TV, into a shower curtain, into right. <laughs> into all the different things that it got turned into. And, and uh, that that for me, uh, not 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 knocking Arthur Merlin, Merlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would consider you a wizard. Um, on that note, I do. Uh, I, I don't mean to interrupt your no, story, no. but uh, there was this one time, Andre. Um, I knew you were you were either living in Banff or you were over in Banff yeah, or something. My mom like lives that. in Banff. Yeah, yeah. and I, I knew you were visiting her or something like that. 
And I knew that because something had come out on social media or whatnot, or you had told me. And I was walking down the street, and I saw you. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, not right. And then I, like, turned a corner, and then I was like, I got to double check. Turned back around, and you were gone. <laughs> and I, I, I was going to meet up with, with uh, Liam, who's who's uh, on another one of our shows, uh, The Thundercast. Liam. And I, I went to go meet up with Liam, and I was like, Liam, I saw Andre. He's like, no, you didn't. Andre's, Andre's in Banff. And I was like, no. <laughs> he is he is everywhere. He's, he's a time lord, I tell you. He's a wizard. He needs to be exactly where, where he is exactly where he needs to be when That's he right. needs to be. Anyway, sorry. So no, no, no. You're dancing with the. That, that's uh, um, uh, It's funny that you mentioned that you looked and then I was gone, um, for many reasons. Uh, I've turned out <laughs> I'm really good at sneaking up on people, even I don't even mean to. I, just, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um, but what it reminded me of was a uh, we were talking about Doctor Bob. Um, and I'm trying to think if it was that first. Yeah, it was. He was with me, that first motion notion. I would believe it, yeah. Um, yeah. And the reason I don't totally remember is because he took off, and he had adventures like you wouldn't believe. Like, I came, came back, I heard people, ladies took him down to the river, you know, he's dancing with this other guy. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, he was bouncing around. Uh, but, yeah, he had come with me, that, that first one. Uh, there might even be a little footage of him. Um, but where he ended up, man alive, man alive. I'm walking around and I see this this weird kind of trailer thing, this beautiful setup, like like a living room, this like disco living room, uh, and this chair and this crystal thing, and there's all these teddy bears. And I'm like, whoa, it's got all these like teddy a bears. throne, like a shrine, like a Jeffrey Dahmer shrine of teddy uh, bears. Maybe not, not, not as a aggressive. Shrine. No, they're just hanging out. Oh, okay. One of them's name was turned out to be Jeffrey, uh, one oh, of the bigger yeah. monkeys. Uh, Hopefully not the eating people part. No, 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 no. They're yeah. pretty chill. They're yeah. Pretty chill. Uh, <laughs> and I go in there. And there's Dr. Bob. Like, what? Dr. Bob? You know, you're chilling with these. And I get to meet um, the Disco Cast guys, Rongo Rongo, who I mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is where I met them. And I met them because of Dr. Bob. Right on. Uh, but then I took off, you know, I went down. And by the time I got back, he was gone again. Yeah. <laughs> off living <laughs> the Dr. Bob life. Dr. Bob life, do what the doctor do. Um, and so I left that motion notion without Dr. Bob. Um, Full with all these other stuff. I got a new sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not sword, a TV, a, a shower curtain. <laughs> I'm trying to remember all the other things I transformed it in because it was a better story with all the different, all the ones I can remember now are just the TV and the shower curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bow and arrow. Yeah. yeah, it was a bow and arrow. It was all sorts of beautiful things. Um, but I met him because of Dr. Bob. Uh, he took off. Uh, that year, I was supposed to go to Shambhala, but I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a 25, but the, the, it didn't work out this time. Uh, he showed up on on Facebook with with friends of mine. Like we got Dr. Bob, don't worry. The, okay, the, the okay. Guys, the, he's he's out there. He's yeah. He's he was the it. disco cast guys. One of the Edmonton crew. Uh, he's like, well, I got him. Don't worry. And he took him to Shambhala. Well, bring him to Shambhala, and you know, you can go. Uh, you can meet. You know, reunite you at Shambhala. Yeah. But I didn't make it. Uh, and he said, you know what? The last thing he saw is he looked over and Dr. Bob was on the hood of a car. He looked over and then he looked back and he was gone. Dr. Bob was gone. That's the last I heard of him. Man. (laughs) Like ever? Yeah, ever. Really? Yeah. I've seen, uh, 
I've seen his clones at the fair. <laughs> oh, the, his yeah. clan, sorry. His, his clan. clan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His clan that I guess is obviously enslaved by our market system. Yeah. And they need to be one, like, slave. <laughs> so do you Actually, I found uh, Dr. Blob was found by my roommate, Aaron, who I live with now again. And he found him in a dumpster because he had a drinking problem. Dr. Bob did? Yeah, he did. Dr. Bob. We found him at his lowest, right? Oh, yeah. 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 But you rescued, you rescued the Bob? Uh, he rescued us. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I love telling stories. About, like, so I, I tell stories with teddy bears, and I go in waves and sometimes with packs and teams. It's a very interesting process. <laughs> yeah, and I've really, seen you. I've seen you do I'm it. It's not uh, yeah. when when you and I went to Frogfest. Uh, I saw you do it there like a, a dozen times, and it was always the most engaging thing. Yeah. Just like everybody would love to come and, and watch, you know, a Toto show. It's 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 these teddy bears. They're spirits. You know, I'm just a conduit to their whatever's going on, and I learn just as much. And like they have such character, and so I don't. I don't that's, how, that, that's how I always saw it too. I, I never yeah. saw you telling the story. No, and right? so like Doctor Bob told all my stories better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Way better than me, and because he was a teddy bear, he could be a real smart-ass to people in the room. Yeah, and, and nobody would get mad at no, you. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> yeah. and they would laugh at him. <laughs> They'd yeah. be like, yeah, we, yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, teddy bears, Jean-Pierre Claude, a Puerto Rican uh, S&M vampire. Oh, that yeah? I, I won yeah. a Halloween Fright Night over at COP. You still you still have him? No, no, no. He took off on me just before he was about to go big. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, He's gonna pop off any minute. Uh, leaving Broken City, he I was on a bike and he he took his chance to take off, but he was going to be or is wherever he is the dirtiest stand up comic there ever was. Yeah. So maybe it's good he took off. Yeah, maybe. You don't want to be <laughs> he connected was dirty, with that. man. Holy, <laughs> yeah. but funny, man. Yeah. Uh, and because he taped it, you can get away with it a little bit more. He had this thing where, he, you know, teddy bears in, in precarious positions, that's just our dirty minds, and he'd yeah. go off on that and shake his butt. And he had this <laughs> routine where he built up to a climax on the microphone. And every time he climaxed, he goes, <laughs> oh boy all right well i think uh i think we can probably call this one hey. um yeah i really appreciate you coming in and, and and telling these stories i know there's probably so much more that was left mm. out of that story but no, i think there's uh there's so much more potential um for you to come back and tell more stories yeah and i'd love to i can't wait for sense. more uh more <laughs> snm vampires yeah i'm telling you um, anyway, yeah. So thanks for thanks for coming in, thanks and uh, and I really appreciate it. Uh, this has been uh, the episode, uh, the first episode, or potentially second. I'm not sure how I'm going to separate these yet. Uh, uh, of expose yourself to Christian. Uh, my name's been I'm Christian, and you Christian, and you've been Toto Toto. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, thanks everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I've been your host, Christian. If you like what you heard, please give us five stars on iTunes, give us a follow on Spotify, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media by searching Thunder Lizard Collective on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and Thunder Lizard OG on Twitter. You can use those to see when new episodes of the Thundercast, Thunder Dragons, and Expose Yourself are coming out. 
Again, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you come back soon. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I'm your host, Christian. Today's episode, we'll be going over a little bit of an update with my health in regards to the very first episode of Expose Yourself. So what you're going to hear now is a clip or an excerpt from uh, one of the last episodes of the Thundercast. So I hope you enjoy and uh, let's get right into it. Coworkers have been messaging me asking me for movie recommendations. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Why? Nothing to do. Give me a movie to watch. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Your recommendations are awful. <laughs> Fuck you, Liam. <laughs> okay. Oh, but I typically want good movies. You guys want to hear what happened to me? Go for it. Okay, so turns out I'm a liar. I uh, did not have a pulmonary embolism. As I told you both in our chat, I had uh, I have what is called sarcoidosis, which apparently is a uh, autoimmune disease that can pretty much just go away when it wants. Which sounds fine, but it still sucks. <laughs> so I, I'm in a little bit of pain. Uh, I went to the hospital last week. Uh, I went went to the ER. And I'm going to tell you this this thing. So we walk. I walk into the ER by myself because I didn't want to get anybody else sick. And they have the ER separated into two spaces. So one's the triage and one is COVID. It's just like you walk in there. They they start questioning you. They give you the full rundown, just like TSA. They're just and you know have a dog sniff your balls and stuff. Um, not true. But they like ask you if you've caught if you're coughing, if you have a fever, or any all the all the the classic signs, you know, symptoms. And I was like, I got a cough because my, my, I'm short of breath or whatever. Uh, and uh, I'm going to cut this long break out. I'm just thinking. And they, uh, you know, they take my, temp- my temperature, all this stuff, and then they send me into the triage. And sure enough, the lady asked me all the exact same questions again. And then they send me back to the COVID area where there's a woman there who has COVID. And I was like, God damn it. Like, you're like six feet away from me right now, and uh, I understand that that's how far you have to be, but I had to walk into your bubble to get six feet away from your bubble. <laughs> anyway, so they give me this phone to call for uh, admission to that to the hospital or whatever because you can't walk up to the to the people anymore. They're, like, tucked away. So you call them. You give them your information, but they gave me this sticky phone, and it was, like, the phone it was awful because I, I know it was just hand sanitizer that was all over this thing. There's no way it was like covered in sick goo, uh, but they give me this this phone and it didn't work, so I just used my own phone. And anyway, so it took like four minutes for me to get into the hospital, and then they bring me into this room, and the room is like, I don't know, uh, you guys have seen my apartment, so like the length of my apartment, right? And it <laughs> is just like four other people in this room that are that have been admitted. And they're all like six feet apart from each other, six to eight feet away from each other. And the doctors come in and they stand about 15 feet away from you and just ask you why you're there. Like they ask you <laughs> for everything. They get, you know, like your fucking blood type. I mean, not seriously, but like they ask you everything. And there's no privacy, like whatsoever. 
So if you went in there and like you broke your penis or something like that, like good luck. You're you're not you're not getting out of there without anybody knowing, right? So the doctor's like, yeah, it sucks. So the doctor's like standing right there and asking me all this stuff, and uh, then they like wheel in this big machine to do an X-ray on my chest, and it's a huge, it's a thing. And the doctor, it's so funny. They like hit the button and like say, okay, we're taking an X-ray, and they go X-ray, and everybody backs the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, and you're shooting me with this thing right now. But it's totally fine if I if I get irradiated, but you're fine. Um, Who knows? Maybe you'll turn into the Hulk. Like, hopefully. Uh, like I said before, I, I went through all these tests. My dick got st- still gets bigger. So <laughs> uh, that's a very. So if you uh, say have sex, uh, couldn't you Hulk out and put your partner? <laughs> okay, at risk? Liam, I'm recording this for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, hey, uh, gotta use some kind of humor to lighten moods. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, I they do this this thing, and then they take me into this other ward. After, and this is by the way, this has been like four hours at this point. And so they take me into this other room, and it's it like its own hospital ward kind of thing. And they put me in a, in a room like with a sliding door and everything. Close the door, and it, I find out later that they put me in isolation. Like. I was because I had signs of, of COVID, and it was so, the signs of COVID where I had a dry cough, mm-hmm. and I had nothing else. That was it. That was like the one symptom. But you know, safe than sorry. But I was in that room, and not a single person checked on me for two hours. And I understand that they're busy and everything, but mm-hmm. you know, there's some there's some bed etiquette, bed etiquette. <laughs> bedside. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. Bedside manner. That's what it is. Bed etiquette. They should call it bed etiquette. <laughs> Two hours goes by, and then they, they call a CT scan, and they send me over to the CT scan area, and they uh, wheel me into the CT scan room. I get up on the thing, and then the guy's like, do you have an IV? I was like, no. He's like, got to go back. So that process of me getting in there took about 20 minutes, Jeez. getting to CT, 20 minutes getting back. I'd wait 40 minutes for them to put the IV in, 20 minutes for that after. Take me back. CT scan takes like 15, 20 minutes. So I'm at like, you know, seven, eight hours at this point. And then eventually, the like I said, another hour goes by and then the doctor comes in and he's like, yeah, you didn't have a pulmonary embolism. And huh. I, was like, I was like, oh, well, that's good. But if you'd done the CT scan in the first place, then I would have known that, right? Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of like, yeah, pretty much. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, shit. If you'd have done your <laughs> fucking job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I shouldn't be complaining because they did figure it out. So yeah. I, I, that I am pleased about. But uh, just the fact that I had to be on these blood thinners, spend like well over $300 on these medications just yeah. so that I could find out that I'd never needed them in the first place. <laughs> I was so <laughs> mad. But yeah, I, don't, I, so. I don't have a pulmonary embolism. I got no blood clots. But That's good. I have a dry cough. Uh, my shoulder hurts like hell. And I have some, some weird pains all over my body. So... Those are some things. So I am a liar. I apologize to the internet, and this is this is me. You know, you're not allowed to lie on the internet. No, no, no. Everybody lies, and if you say you don't lie, you're a liar. (laughs) If a liar knows he's lying, then is he lying? Yes. Is he? Yes. Are you lying? (laughs) (laughs) See. We're we're gonna transition from from this into the next episode of the Thundercast, but when we're doing visual uh, element <laughs> this time, so that that pause there is much funnier in with the camera. Yeah, <laughs> much funnier with the video than much, with the audio. Much funnier. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, so there, there you go. There's a, there's another episode of Expose Yourself in the Fucking Bag. <laughs> hey, there you go. Right on. Thanks, boys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I've been your host, Christian. If you like what you heard, please give us five stars on iTunes, give us a follow on Spotify, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media by searching Thunder Lizard Collective on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and Thunder Lizard OG on Twitter. You can use those to see when new episodes of the Thundercast, Thunder and Dragons, and Expose Yourself are coming out. Again, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you come back soon. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I'm your host, Christian. On today's episode, we have my friend Ben. Just Ben. That's all he wants to go by, and that's uh, I'm going to respect that. Uh, ben will be telling a story about a New Year's party that kind of goes sideways. Uh, well, for him. I don't know about everybody else. But uh, if, you, if you like puke and socks and uh, things of that sort, then this is the story for you. So a little bit of a warning there. Uh, this story does involve a lot of uh, drinking and some uh, other gross imagery, so be warned of that. Uh, otherwise, let's jump right into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. Uh, I'm here with a friend of mine. His name is is Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Christian. I don't know, I don't know if you want to ha- say your last name or what. Like, like how, no. much, how how incriminating is this story? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, honestly, it's to the point where I don't even know why I'm telling it to you. But <laughs> okay. I so feel like it's just it's been ben. long enough. Yeah. yeah just yeah. Ben's good. Yeah, that's good. Just Ben. That's what it's going to say in the episode. Uh, <laughs> it's going to say, uh, yeah, expose yourself featuring. Just Ben. <laughs> Just Ben. That's it. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, you want to give us a a, cre- a quick little briefing of what of what we're we're gonna be hearing right now? Yeah, I mean, I like I'm. I feel like I've had a fairly non-dramatic life, Christian, and this is probably the only I think good story that I have with regards to. It's just embarrassing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, cool. Um, you want to let's uh, let's fire it off, meatbag. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I should do like a disclaimer about the story first. It's nothing. I, I don't think traumatic, but I like the big thing. It's just like a drinking incident. Uh, yeah. And I, I I think those stories are a little bit funnier if you know that the person who has had this incident, you know, I've been lucky to have a fairly healthy relationship with alcohol my whole life so I, yeah. I feel like it's it's a little bit funnier just knowing that going into it yeah like you know if you if you do happen to struggle with uh addiction or anything like that maybe maybe skip this episode because there's probably going to be a little bit of uh a little bit of talk about alcohol <laughs> it sounds yeah like, right so. yeah but uh yeah so disclaimer right there this is a this is a drinking story yeah um but uh yeah, I think this is one of the, or probably the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me. 
and I think back on it all the time. And it was, uh, um, it was New Year's. I didn't rehearse this before coming on here, so I don't even know what year it was. Off I think the it cuff, was man. 2011, maybe, we'll say. Um, but uh, I was living in a house with my first house after moving out from my parents' place. Um, we had like a two-level, like we just called it a party house because it was pretty shit. And am I allowed to swear? Oh, yeah. No, fuck <laughs> okay. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> swear away, uh, man. Um, yeah, so uh, so we called it a party house because it was a terrible house. Um, the basement floor was like a piece of plywood on top of the dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Undeveloped. Yeah, everything was... Yeah, everything was awful, and so and we were at that uh, stage, you know, of just gra- having graduated uh, high school, um, of just wanting to do that party. Yeah, um, of course. And so, yeah, so we had a big rager, uh, me and my uh, roommate at the time, and um, she invited a bunch of her friends, and I invited uh, a bunch of my friends. Roughly, how many people were there? Roughly. Um, <clears throat> set, let's set the stage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's say. Oh gosh! I mean, it's not going to be like a Hollywood party. I'd say no Gatsby here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say thirty, like maximum thirty. Still quite a bit of people. That's like that's like yeah. an entire uh, like elementary class, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I will preface it by saying that like I, I think everybody who was there, we'll get into why I'm not entirely sure later, but <laughs> I think everybody there was uh, it, it was all part of the same friend group, so it wasn't like sketchy or anything. It was right. just a good time. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I, uh, this is a classic story of like, I think I saw midnight, but I think I probably got to nine before I was out of commission. Right. I I think it was, there was nerves with, uh, hosting and I, I don't know, just whatever. Um, I was inviting a girl that I was pretty into at the time. So there was some nerves around that, and uh, by nine nine thirty, I was I was pretty rough. Like I was I was done. When did the party start, roughly? Let's. Um, it probably would have people start probably would have started filtering in around uh, like seven. Like I said, we're we're we were friends with these people, so it probably started earlier, just as people started trickling in. Right. Um, yeah, and I was hitting it pretty hard. So. <laughs> Fair enough. What would, do you remember what you were drinking? Uh, I have literally no idea. That part of my life, I, I don't think I even cared what I was drinking. You know? Fair enough, yeah. Jaeger, yeah. Jaeger mixed with like 7-Up and shit. Oh, God. <laughs> it was probably something absolutely ridiculous like that, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I had invited this uh, girl who I was, I was very excited uh, that she was coming. I, I worked at Starbucks. Um, back when I was younger and more charming than now. And, uh, oh, no, don't, don't sell um, yourself short. Come oh, on. I will. I'm going to do that this whole story. <laughs> These are about the glory days. That's true, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, it was the classic, like, we'd seen each other a couple times. Man, and, like, she was from the neighborhood, and the heart would kind of flutter a little bit, and I got to the point of, like, I wrote my number on her cup, and she texted me, and we... I think had seen each other at this point maybe once or twice um, in like a casual in the neighborhood, like going on a walk type thing. Yeah. Um, And so I was feeling pretty good about it. And I I think things were looking pretty good. And uh, so I invited her to this uh, New Year's party. And 
um, I think she was actually from out of town. So she was pretty quick to accept to be, you know, invited to something like this, right. which was great. Um, but she was showing up later, which is a bad omen because I did not make it to later. Um, so I was, I was out of commission by nine and really everything embarrassing happened past that point. Um, I so remember... is this, is it, it, this is stuff that you've been told that uh, it happened. I, I, you know what? I actually have a pretty good memory of stuff. I tend to not get blackout. Like I, if I'm not asleep, I know what's happening and will remember it. Good. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Which is tough because like I said, this is an embarrassing story and it's because I remember every moment, every waking moment of it, you know, for sure. Yeah. So by out of commission, I mean, I was put to bed because I was a liability at this point. And anyway, so I'm texting with this uh, girl and she's showing up. And of course I'm not telling her like, they put me to bed. So uh, I think she shows up probably about 10.30 maybe, like a respectable time for a New Year's party. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I like run outside. And at this point, I still have clothes on, which is great. Um, and That, that alludes to the fact that later you probably don't have clothes on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not a uh, literary master, but that was foreshadowing. That was foreshadowing. For sure. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, and so she was getting out of a cab, and I was like, hey, how's it going? Or, you know, whatever you say in that situation. And uh, brought her back up to our dingy party house, and I think it probably took her five minutes before she realized, like, okay, this... There's... This is not the guy I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is uh, a little bit different than of a situation than I thought uh, I was getting myself into. Luckily, like, she was very uh, lovely and very social and very graceful in this whole situation. So she was out um, having so much fun with all the other people, and I was constantly being uh, put to bed by people. Um, so I, I don't even know if she had a terrible time. I just assume she had a terrible time. Wait, so like, like a gremlin, you would crawl back out of bed to join the party? Only oh, to be yeah. put back to crawl back yeah. out again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like a six year old who wants to who wants to watch uh, Saturday Night Live with his parents, you know. Yeah, and it wasn't even like I mean, oh man, uh, this is, uh, it's it's bad. In like, I would get out of bed and like go and like grab her hand and be like, "Come on, we're gonna go and kiss in my bedroom." Or, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever people <laughs> do in their bedrooms, um, which is not a Sleep. not a good look. <laughs> oh my god yeah sleep yeah that's i i just think back to that about how horrified i am um that that happened but anyways yeah i would go out and like grab her and be like come on back and she <laughs> she would like be like all right and then she'd be like okay you gotta go to bed and then try to leave and then i was like no don't leave and then i'd go out and try to find her again it, yeah it was bad i'm horrified just even thinking about it right um but like I said, she was just so great at uh, at chatting and, and enjoying herself with all the other uh, patrons of this party um, uh, that every time I went to like grab her, it was like she was there and she was like talking with people and having fun. And so I was the, of course, looking back on it, I'm like the fucking asshole. I can't get that out of my mind. <laughs> the worst, yeah. the worst person, man. The worst yeah. person. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. So, um so as the night goes on and I start feeling a little bit worse, because I actually don't think that I had stopped drinking at this point. Right, so I you're just been... in your bed sucking back yeah. <laughs> tequila yeah. and 
or something where yeah. like every time I gremlined out of my room, I would find something to pour into myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not great. So it got to the point where, where I was to paint the picture even further. So, um, I don't have a box spring or like a frame for my mattress at this point. I still mattress don't. on the floor. Mattress on the floor. Mattress on this carpeted, dark beige floor. Um, and there's really nothing. Like I have a desk with a crappy computer on it. Um, and I, around me actually is because Christmas had just happened. So around me is all of these um, presents that I was bringing back uh, from my parents' house. And they so they were still in like large bags like i remember uh there were like large abercrombie and fitch bags you know just things that you would like carry all of these gifts in that uh my parents had given me and i just hadn't unpacked them because i was 20 years old and right yeah was drunk yeah um and uh so i got to the point where i started becoming sick and so there were two things that were uh, amazing about this one was that the way the house was constructed, it was just like this long, narrow corridor. It wasn't a square like most houses are. It, this was a long rectangle. And so you had the living room where most people were, and then you had the basement where the other half of people were. And in between that was this long hallway connecting that to the stairwell going down. And right in the middle of that hallway was my room with the door open. And I am like, at this point, probably half naked if not naked full, yeah. full vomiting yes vomiting on my carpet while people are like having fun and transitioning between playing <laughs> beer pong downstairs and hanging out in the living room right <laughs> and man i remember my door being open and just people like i felt like i was an animal at an at a zoo where people would just i would look up and there'd be a different person standing there being like and they'd be like gripping the molding of the door being like so, that you have like one person's head and then another yeah. person's head stacked on top yeah. of each other, like poking like themselves the in. Yeah. yeah. And were you yeah. like trying and to like scoop it up and like clean it or? So I was trying to scoop it up and clean it. And that brings me to this Abercrombie and Fitch bag. So inside the Abercrombie and Fitch bag was the classic like 48 pack of champion socks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Which are now probably is... worth like $500,000 because oh, champion for baby. some reason is just... <laughs> popping off but yeah i don't know what's up with that i mean either god that was the the brand to buy for like if you wanted a million socks for two dollars that's what you got yeah for sure so so uh so that's so i had these socks and i had this idea after being like i need to puke into something i was like that giant bag is what's gonna happen and then i pulled out these socks and while seeing the socks i was like oh my god and meanwhile i could clean up so I started putting the socks on my hands <laughs> and and scooping makeshift into oven the, mitts. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And what I didn't realize at the time that I realized the next morning was that the bag, uh, being an Abercrombie and Fitch bag that doesn't have to be watertight, was not watertight, and there was just a hole in the bottom. So when I was scooping in, it was just coming right out. Right the bottom, back you know? out. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that was great. I remember like I I ran through I think all of those socks or most of them at least, while people were like, who are you? And like, yeah. People I'd never met before. Is this, were, is like, this your bedroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, man, people being like, hey, how are you? I'm not going to get closer, but how, you know. Yeah, you doing okay? Yeah. <laughs> you right, man? Yeah, man, it was, uh, 
that was bad. So anyways, um, I actually don't remember how this uh, girl who I was so um, excitedly pursuing got home. And I, I really don't remember even talking to her about it, which is, uh, yeah, I don't did, know. Did you we, talk we, to her again, like after all this went down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we talked to each other again, but I, I don't think it was ever in a romantic context after that. Uh, yeah, once you see somebody's cleaning their own vomit up with socks for hands. Like, yeah, while, like, naked, looking like Gollum on the yeah, ground like I, that. I, yeah. I see it in my head, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I, have a, I have a very similar interaction. Uh, I was uh, My buddy Steve was having a, a graduation party or something like that. I don't remember what was going on. But, yeah. oh, right, he was, he was moving to Saskatchewan for some stupid reason. Uh, okay. anyway, and, uh, he had a house party. So there was a lot of people, um, over at his place. And, uh, I obviously, I was the same way, you know, 7 PM, um, showed up, not a person by eight thirty. Uh, yeah. and Classic. you know, having, having consumed enough alcohol to probably put down a small, uh, village. And, um, I started feeling quite ill, obviously, yeah. and quite nauseous, but I also had to poop. So Uh-oh. I went to the bathroom, obviously, oh. and I was sitting on the toilet, and I was pooping, but I uh-huh. also had to start puking, and the only thing I could find was a bag of, ha- like a half full bag of toilet paper. So I just started puking into this toilet paper bag while oh, I'm no. pooping at the same time, and yeah. sure enough, I forgot to lock the door. So... Mm. This this girl named Sarah opens the door and she's like, "What the fuck is <laughs> freaking out?" Oh, no. And then, but then she starts laughing and starts motioning for all these other people to come. And I wasn't really friends with any of these people, and they're just like lingering, like Scooby Doo, in the door, yeah. laughing at me while I'm poop- pooping and puking at the same time. And oh, uh, I just remember it being just like incredibly um cathartic you know i felt like i would i felt like that was my purpose i should like i i felt like i should have just kept being that person no i'm fucking around no (laughs) that was awful (laughs) and then i worst man and then he put me in the steve put me in his basement uh tucked away in a corner uh with a small blanket and a bucket and that was how i spent the rest of the evening so that was so we need more people like steve and less like sarah i think yeah I mean, Sarah ended up being a nice person. I have spoken to her since, but um, a lot of the other people at that party are not great human beings, but I'm, eh, I don't know. Maybe but, I'll have but, them on the but, show and see how they remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's what you should do. You should you should interview the other halves of these parties to see how it goes from the other side. Yeah, yeah. That's Sorry, it. were you, was that the, was that it? You, you, you were cleaning puke up with your socks? Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, I, I think, like a nice follow-up to that that I think ties everything together nicely with a bow. Uh, but I just, I do want to really hammer home that um, if anybody out there is doing what Sarah did or what uh, any of my friends were doing, which was not closing the door behind them and letting somebody be this attraction for, uh, you know, don't do that. Yeah. Help, help, a, help a brother out. Just be a decent human being. Close the door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't bro- don't draw attention to it. Maybe close the door. Seriously. And then stand there and be like, someone's in there having a tough time. Yeah. You these know? would have been open and shut cases. I have no shame for cleaning puke off the ground. I only have shame if somebody else saw it because it meant that it happened. You That's know? right. Yeah. yeah. I had exactly like if if the door was closed, then you could have just pretended like none of that happened at all. Yeah. It right? wasn't me. Yeah. No, yeah. it wasn't you. Somebody else came in here and puked and used my champion socks. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. And it was really rude of them to do do so. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Sorry. So you did you did end up speaking to her again? Yes. Yeah. We. Uh, but yeah, it was never in the same. Um, never in the same. Uh, type of friendship. Right. That what we were kind of aiming for previous to that. Um, but yeah, she's uh, very lovely, and um, we've uh, we've hung out and had many good times since then. But uh, yeah, not the same. But uh, the day the day after, so I woke up. Uh, the morning uh, after, quite early, and I saw this uh, catastrophe that I had created off to the side of my mattress. And I thought, you know, when you wake up and you're like just amped, even though you're hungover as all hell. Oh, yeah. But you just have like this spike of adrenaline that alerts you in the morning. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to clean it up. And so I cleaned it up. Uh, I probably spent like an hour finding products and like rubbing it into the carpet and shampooing the carpet. Um, and I felt very good about myself. And then everybody else started waking up. We had probably 10 or 11 people who had slept over who again were good friends, um, at the time. And we decided to, uh, go to Chinatown to get some dim sum, which I think is like a classic New Year's Eve thing for apparently every white person in Calgary because yep. that's who was at that restaurant. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um, there's kind of a fun uh, side story in there where another person woke up and instead of cleaning the carpet like I did, they took the world's largest shit and we <laughs> didn't have, and we didn't have a plunger. So it kind of turned into like, we need to go out and get a plunger while we're out. Why don't we get dim sum? So that's why right. we were, we're getting dim sum. We all walked in with like hoods up, glasses on, like we were in a gang. It was today. It's like cemented in my memory as like this is the coolest I'll ever look. Like, you know, Dave is over there with his family of twelve, and like they're having a great breakfast, and we walk in and sit down, and everybody like can probably smell the booze on us. It yeah, was, um, for sure. Yeah. So I love how the coolest uh, my, you think you've ever looked is when you were ungodly hungover and just wearing sunglasses. Oh, probably <laughs> it was it was the most I've ever felt like I was in a movie. Yeah, and it was it was uh, what's that one movie? The Hangover. That was the movie I was yeah. in. But um, so halfway through the meal, my roommate looks over and she says, "We got to do something about your carpet." And I say, "Don't worry. I'm very proud of myself. I woke up early. I took care of the whole thing." And she was like, "What did you use?" to clean the carpet. And I said, Oh, I went into the bathroom and we had a thing in there called carpet. And she said, Nope, <laughs> uh, we don't have that. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's green. And it has a big red, it says carpet. And she says, do you mean comet? And I said, yes, I mean comet. <laughs> and so, over the next like couple of days, this that large, um, like bleached patch in the dark, uh, brown rug uh, materialized where I had turned it into like a bright white carpet that was not supposed to be white. So that, I yeah. made it worse. It's the yeah. uh, it's uh, the the icon of your failure. You know, yeah, it's just sitting I, there. Yeah, I just think that is like the the best uh, way to end that story. With... So was uh, was that pulled out of your damage deposit? Oh, it was, and um, <laughs> you know what sucked, man. I. I, uh, at some point we had a broken wall and I like, I sawed, um, uh, 
drywall and like puttied that whole thing up and then painted over it with cans of paint that I found in our horrifying uh, dungeon of a basement. And it looked amazing. And I still didn't get it back because of the carpet. Bummer. Yeah. I know, man. You should have yeah. just so. kicked a hole in the wall anyway. How long, well, how long did you live yeah. there for? Uh, probably, I think two years, but we did probably eight years worth of damage to that house. It sounds about right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like we, like we, the reason I know there was dirt under the basement is because we like jumped through it. It I don't know what, yeah, this was when Skrillex came out. So there was a lot of jumping, I think. You know? I gotcha. Yeah. 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 You know I, I recall yeah. those days. Yeah. Whatever yeah. happened to dubstep, man? Man, I don't know. It was a flash in the pan. Yeah, I, I wish. Uh, I don't wish dubstep would dubstep would come back. I really don't. You know what I? You know what I think is going to be hilarious is in twenty years when you have the en- entire adult population of people is still going to have like a n- nostalgic collection to music that sounds like smashing frying pans. Um, yeah, on totally. A sidewalk, like i don't know there's this weird <laughs> blip there's this weird blip in the world of people who are going to be okay with that yeah that's the that's the yeah. gas leak kids you know they're, yeah. they're the yeah. ones that like they, you know they lost a couple brain cells so <laughs> i mean i'm one of them so yeah, yeah totally i'll I mean, always I... be nostalgic for uh centipede or whatever the hell that song is called which one's that? Is that a Skrillex song as well? I, I assume. I think, aren't they all Skrillex songs? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like Skrillex uh, yeah. just wrote them for other people and then they played them? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. A single person defined genre. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's great. What a great guy. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't know. His name's Sonny. I saw I saw Skrillex once. Uh, I was at uh, Sasquatch Music Festival. Uh, toot my heart. Boop, boop. And uh, yeah, he he literally didn't stand at the computer at all. It, it looked like he... Pushed play and then he jumped into the crowd and that was that was how we did the show, you know. And I was like, "This isn't this isn't a show." Like, try and but at it least it was an experience. You were there. That's true. Yeah. And then I had my bag stolen. Oh, that's right. That that's same night experience. by a Skrillex fan. So you know what? Fuck oh. Skrillex. <laughs> I take it back. Okay. He's on my list now. Fuck him. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's take him down. That's right. Well, I think that's, that's a good sentiment to to end the show on. Fuck Skrillex. <laughs> Fuck Skrillex. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Pretty yeah. much. That's what everything boils down to. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Ben. I appreciate it. Hey. Just just Ben. Thanks for having me. Just, just ben. ben. That's just That's Ben. Me. Well, that was uh that was Ben. Uh this has been Expose Yourself. Uh we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I've been your host, Christian. If you like what you heard, please give us five stars on iTunes, give us a follow on Spotify, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media by searching Thunder Lizard Collective on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and Thunder Lizard OG on Twitter. You can use those to see when new episodes of the Thundercast, Thunder and Dragons, and Expose Yourself are coming out. Again, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you come back soon. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I'm your host, Christian. Today's episode is all about cultural differences with my friend Paul. If you've ever been curious about what goes on inside of a Hutterite colony, this is the story for you. 
Let's jump right into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by... Paul Van Hootigan. There we go. Hello, Paul. Um, Paul and I know each other uh, through a few streams, I suppose. Uh, most most importantly, through uh, a friend of ours named John, who was, I believe, your roommate and classmate for quite yes. a long time. John is a friend of not only this show, but also the Thundercast and the other shows that we do um, through the Thunder Lizard Collective. Um, but, uh, Paul, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I just... Uh graduated with a bachelor of arts from the university of lethbridge i was there for a couple of years um i lived in a house with john as you said um yeah i'm uh i'm a little bit of a writer i'm a little bit of a director i'm a little bit of an actor i sort of like to do anything i can it's more fun that way yeah for sure when uh, uh how would you classify like the genre you like to write in are you kind of all over the place I am. I mean, uh, I love absurdity. So uh, the the last piece that I wrote um, was ha- had a lot of uh, Samuel Beckett in mind when I was writing it. But yes, yeah, right yeah. on. That's awesome. So uh, what what is it, what is it about uh, theater and directing and writing and stuff that that uh, draws you in? Well, um, uh, I love directing because I love working with people. Um, uh i i have to tell you the truth like whenever i act i'm like mortified and stressed out the entire time <laughs> yeah but uh i, but I, don't, I direct... don't act personally and that's that's the exact reason why <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh but when i'm directing i i feel calm like i'm i'm definitely not as stressed out um it's like uh, you're working with people and like when when you see something great happen you're just like you you fill with glee and I love that feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. this story, if you want to give us just like a brief little, we'll just get right into it because, uh, I mean, that's the name of the game. That's the name of the show. Yeah. So uh, do you want to give us just like a brief little description of what you're going to be uh, indulging sure. us with? Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of years back, um, um, I was... Uh, I was working through my practicums for for the education department uh, at the University of Lethbridge, which I uh, stepped back from last year. Um, But when I was still in the thick of it, my very first practicum was at a Hutterite colony. And I had never been to a Hutterite colony. I'd never really interacted with with Hutterites or Mennonites or or anything of the sort. Being from from Calgary, I I didn't see many of those uh, kinds of people. But when when I went to Lethbridge, I was definitely like thrust in and and saw a bit more of their culture and like experienced a bit more of their culture. But like when I went to actually experienced every single like weekday of a Hutterite colony during practicum, like my mind was blown. Yeah. But it was especially blown because of my very first day, which was so little about teaching and so much more about just crazy wackiness. Well, uh, I gotta give you a, a play-by-play because yes. it's it's just it goes on and it goes on and it's one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my life. So I started, um, and 
I was working with uh, two teachers who had worked on the colony, and I was I was working under them, and they were they were both uh, really great people. the The schools were split up into the elementary and the junior high, because uh, at Hunter Ray Colonies they only take up to grade nine, and then they graduate and then go start working in the kitchens or in uh, the fields or whatever. And I was working. Uh, my job was to help out the teacher from the the older school. And so uh, they didn't want me to drive out there. Uh, we all carpooled together. And so we started our carpool. We left from the McDonald's at Lethbridge. They got coffees and they got me a breakfast sandwich. And we started our drive. And I sat in the back of their Jeep and heard all of these stories. They were talking to each other. And then they would they would talk to me a little bit, too. And... They gave me a few warnings, and, and this was the start of my my confusion. Here was was when they said, "Don't let them uh, give you alcohol, because they will try to give you alcohol." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I won't let the parents give me alcohol." And they're like, "No, don't let the kids give you alcohol." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, sure, yes," because supposedly um, uh, the children would fill water bottles of their parents alcohol and pass it around sometimes mm -hmm. so i had to be wary of that which was not something i would have been wary of in a public school setting i'm sure yeah um okay and so so we went there and they gave me a couple warnings they they talked me through a little bit of it um but they didn't really say anything about what the the day was going to progress to be and I wish they had because it ended up being weird. Um, so we got there and the teacher I was working under, uh, he went off to grab a coffee and the other teacher who taught the, the younger classes uh, drove me around the Hadari Colony to, to show me the ropes, show me uh, everything around there. And so she went through and she drove me past this like, here's where uh, all the houses are here, where they're building the new houses. Here's where they slaughter the ducks. Here's where they slaughter the chickens. Here's where they slaughter the pigs. I was like, okay, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of slaughtering going on here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they had like a lot of building operations, a lot of slaughtering operations, but um and they had like a field of cows and everything. They had a giant pile of crap where all of the farm <laughs> cats just spent all of their time. And, and they, I, I would they just like I roll around I, in it? it? I mean, that's what farm cats do, I guess. It's just, <laughs> it's, it was all of the cow turds all in a pile. And that's where all the cats spent most of their time. And so we started off the day strong. They showed me uh, all of that, and then we got into the little portable school area. And it was nice. Like, uh, I, I'd had portables before, and, and this was essentially that. It was just it was like an old, like, eight, 70s, 80s, 90s-style um, classroom. They had, like, lots of books, lots of bookshelves, lots of books. But um, the majority of the books that were being read by the students were Westerns, hmm. huh. which I thought was quite funny because um, uh, I, I had talked with, I can't remember who I had talked with, but uh, somebody had told me afterwards that the Hutterites are essentially just German cowboys. And I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um... Were they just like those, like penny books, like the cereals? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, like Penny Western cereals, they all had like a picture of a guy with a scruffy beard and like a mean look on his face <laughs> holding, holding the pistol or something. Um, yeah, so there was like loads of books and and the teacher's desk and, and all of the kids' desks. And so we got in there. Uh, all the kids gave me weird glances as, as I walked in and, and the teacher introduced me. And then we started off the day and we started off with math which I don't know anything about. I'm horrible at math. Like that's, I know That's why we went into the arts, right, Paul? <laughs> yeah, I'm right. also not I, good I at math. My, I know my way around math, like I can do some math, but um <laughs> he sort of uh, the teacher sort of just handed me a multiplication table and uh he said, "Okay, take uh okay, I I can't say any of the any of the kids names no so um i'm just gonna call them all jebediah for the con uh, contexts of this even it, all of them <laughs> they're all Je they're every all single one yes they're all jebediah jebediah one through 18 um so he told me to, he's like okay go and take jebediah go into the back room and do his uh seven and nine multiplication tables and i was like oh okay not wanting to uh show any weakness on on the first day i was like okay i'll do this and i went into the back room and i was like okay um what is four times seven and then he answered and i was like great not knowing <laughs> if the answer was correct or yeah. not and i was like okay what's nine times seven he's like uh and then he said his answer and i was like okay good you're doing great and i did that a couple more times and i was like great you did a good job. Man, and this kid knows like, more than me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't care. I was too worried about uh, anything, like any repercussions I had. So I was like, okay, just just go back into the classroom. And I, I, I grabbed the piece of paper that the teacher had given me, and I just, like, slid it under a bin. And then I just, like, walked out of the room. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. Um, luckily, that didn't come back to bite me in the butt. Um, he never asked about it since, so... So, so that all worked out. And so we went on and math was long time done and we started on, on reading time. And this is when it all got weird. Um, so they started reading and the teacher says, okay, uh, start reading. Mr. Van Hoodigan is going to like walk around and uh, talk to you all, get to know a little bit about you. I'm going outside. I'm going to go... Um, hammer some stakes into the ground and then he left <laughs> yeah, yeah and i was so confused man's gotta do what man's like, gonna do you know? what what is what did he mean by that and 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 i was left alone in there i think i think there was a teacher's assistant with me but he was off in the corner with with one of the other kids and i was there wandering through the aisles of hutterite children I just imagine in, in a uh, public school, if your teacher said, I got to go hammer some stakes into the ground, like that definitely does not mean he's going to go hammer some stakes in the ground. He's probably drinking in the teacher's room. This teacher yeah, probably like, was doing, you know, he, he'd probably he been putting it off. It. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I, I got and, this time now. <laughs> so I had no idea what he meant. I didn't ask him until later. Um, and so so he was outside hammering stakes on the ground and I was walking around. Um, talking to all the kids reading their western books and and they were they were from ages like 
uh, I don't know, like 10 to 15. 15 is the oldest that, that they get uh, before before they move on. And so like each of them had like their own different reactions. Like the older ones were sort of more snide and then the younger ones were sort of more accepting. And there was this one kid who was definitely reading underneath his his reading level. He was reading One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, which is one of my favorite um, Dr. Seuss books. And, uh, and I said, hey, uh, you're reading Dr. Seuss. And he's like, yes, I love it. I love it because it has rhymes. And I'm like, great. Uh, <laughs> like, what's your what's your favorite part? He's like, the rhymes. And I'm like, okay, awesome, <laughs> great. Okay, keep reading. You do you, man. And so 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 that went on and, and I, uh, I walked through the aisles and I talked to them and and that all went great. And then we got to recess um, and all of the kids who had, who had sort of they were sort of more accepting of me now they were they were more on my side um i was i was about to go like sit down and uh get my bearings and and the um one of the kids asked me uh they they all ran out uh ran out into the field and one of the kids asked me hey mr van hoodigan do you want to come play chinese baseball with us <laughs> and I, I like i looked back in like uh, confusion again because like, I, I had no idea what Chinese baseball was. Right. And I and I went I went to my friends afterwards and they had no idea what it was. So I was visibly concerned. So I followed these kids down to the field and then they just started playing kickball. Oh. <laughs> and I <laughs> oh yeah yeah I was like I can see how you made that connection but i can also see that there's a little bit of racism going on here but <laughs> maybe a little who, who yeah. to judge so um so i watched them play that for a little bit and then i was like okay i, I need to go like uh, get my bearings before we start on the next section and i walk up and there's jebediah who was reading the the uh dr seuss book I walk up and uh, I see his legs sticking out of the other portable and I'm confused and I'm like, what are you doing in there? And then he pops up and he's like, here, Mr. Van Hoodigam, and he hands me a kitten and he just puts it in my hands and I'm <laughs> like, oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's and, yours now. <laughs> and I was um, mostly concerned because I was allergic to cats. Um, so I was like, great. Thank you for this gift. I'm gonna give it back to you. Go <laughs> yeah. wash my hands now. So, um, the the morning started off great. I was very confused, um, and and it just got more confusing after that. I went back in, and then um, after recess, we did a little bit more. We did some writing practice. Uh, they did some more reading. They did a couple, a couple workbooks. And uh, the teacher kept going outside, taking different students to come nail more spikes into the ground. And I finally figured out what it was. I asked him after the second time, and he was like, yes, OK. Uh, we have, we've been doing a little bit of work around the portables to make them look nicer. And uh, we have to get this done because we have a party in the afternoon that we have celebrating all of the work that we've got done. We haven't <laughs> got it all done yet, so we need to finish before we can have the party. Another That's way. right. You, you can't celebrate anything if there's nothing to celebrate, right? Exactly. So uh, they were out. Uh, he kept taking different students to go and help him while I was in there helping them with their, their work. 
And we went through the day and we got to lunch and I had packed my lunch. So I was ready to finally like sit, have a break, eat my lunch uh, in the back room, uh, which was was my uh, area that the teacher had assigned for me. And uh, so just about to go uh, eat my lunch. Uh, another one of the kids uh, pulls on my shoulder and says, hey, Mr. Van Hoonigan, you're eating lunch with us, right? And because I'm so nice and I hate being rude, I said, yes, and put my lunch aside and went with them and got a full experience of uh, how to write uh, eating. And so the the kitchen was just across the field from the school. It was the school and then uh, all of the houses and then the kitchen, which was shared. Um, and the kids ate on the in the left dining room and all the adults ate in the uh, the east dining room. And so there were just like four big long banquet tables. And like I sat down at them with all the 14 and 12 and 11 and 10 and eight and nine year olds. And um, the, the women served us uh, fries and fried turkey because that's what they had on Thursdays. And I ate it and it was pretty, pretty darn good. Like, uh, I got to say, my time at the Hatterite Colony, the food was pretty fantastic. They had some of the best carrot juice that I've ever had. I tried to bring some home uh, for John, but he did not uh, appreciate it and <laughs> did not want to drink it. Yeah. So I was going to say you should have gotten the recipe. Maybe it was I should have. just carrots. I'm sure it was just pure carrot, nothing else. <laughs> Very good carrot. I will say that. Yeah. 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 And so, so that went on, and, and I had lunch, and... And we ate and laughed and uh, they asked me a whole bunch of questions. I don't remember many now. Uh, I think the majority of the questions were like, was I married and uh, how many kids did I have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so uh, we went off. Everybody finished eating. They went to go play some more Chinese baseball. Uh, and then I went to join the uh, other teachers in the other portable just uh, to talk a little bit uh, while everybody was playing outside. And so I went in there and there's the kitten again, just like crawling on the uh, elementary school teacher's desk. And uh, so me and the teachers and the TAs are all sitting in the room. We're talking. They asked me a little bit about myself. I asked them a little bit about themselves. And it was good. And then we just hear outside the window. And we all look out. <laughs> and there's five kids holding on to one singular ATV just driving past the window. <laughs> and and, and I, I looked confused again. And they're like, don't worry. They do this all the time. And uh, the, the teacher I was working with looked out the window. And he's like, oh, yeah, OK. They fell off again. Don't worry about it. And I was like, yeah. Okay. The injuries sure. are common around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was great. And then we went into the afternoon and uh, we started off uh, with like a little bit more of a work period. And then I think at two o'clock, uh, my teacher told everybody to put their stuff down. And he, he got all of the, the class together, including myself. And he said, all right, now we have to get all of our work done before we can have the party. So no more school today. We're only landscaping. 
<laughs> and my head like exploded. I was like, what is this? Like, what am I doing here? Is this actually school? You're hammering stakes. That's I... what you're doing here. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just like free labor for the next like four weeks. <laughs> uh, he, he put us all into, into groups and he's like, okay, uh, you two take Mr. Van Hootigam, uh, go grab some shovels and start shoveling bark mulch. And I was like, uh, okay. I mean, like I'd done this before I knew yeah. what I was doing, but I was not expecting to do it today. So, um, so I went down with them and, and we walked down to the sheds where they kept all of the shovels. And so so we walked down the hill going to get our shovels and they both asked me again like two or three more times if if I was married and and whatnot. And I said, no. Are you married? No. Are you married? No. Because, uh, I mean, me being uh, 20 was when, when, when I was there. Uh, they would have been married by then probably or or just about to be married by then. So it was very uh, unique that I wasn't. And so we, we walked down the hill. We went to go get the shovels and they were like, first we need to make a, a, a pit stop in this building. I have to grab a wheelbarrow. And there's Jebediah who was reading the, the uh, Dr. Seuss book. I walk up and uh, I see his legs sticking out of the other portable and I'm confused and I'm like, what are you doing in there? And then he pops up and he's like, here, Mr. Van Hootigam. And he hands me a kitten and he just puts it in my hands. And I'm like, <laughs> mostly concerned because I was allergic to cats. Um, so I was like, great. Thank you for this gift. I'm going to give it back to you. And go <laughs> yeah. wash my hands now. So... Um, the the morning started off great i was very confused um and and it just got more confusing after that i went back in and then um after recess we did a little bit more we did some writing practice uh they did some more reading they did a, a couple workbooks and uh the teacher kept going outside taking different students to come nail more spikes into the ground and i finally figured out what it was like i asked him after the second time and he was like yes okay uh we have we've been doing a little bit of work around the portables to make them look nicer and uh we have to get this done because we have a party in the afternoon that we have celebrating all of the work that we've got done we haven't <laughs> got it all done yet so we need to finish before we can have the party that's way. right you, you can't celebrate anything if there's nothing to celebrate right exactly so uh, they were out. Uh, he kept taking different students to go and help him while I was in there helping them with their, their work. And we went through the day and we got to lunch and I had packed my lunch. So I was ready to finally like sit, have a break, eat my lunch uh, in the back room, uh, which was, was my uh, area that the teacher had assigned for me. And uh, so just about to go uh, eat my lunch. Uh, another one of the kids uh, pulls on my shoulder and says, hey, Mr. Van Hoonigam, you're eating lunch with us, right? And because I'm so nice and I hate being rude, I said, yes, and put my lunch aside and went with them and got a full experience of uh, how to write uh, eating. And so the the kitchen was just across the field from the school. It was the school and then uh, all of the houses and then the kitchen, which was shared, um, and the kids ate on the 
in the left dining room and all the adults ate in the uh, the east dining room. And so there were just like four big long banquet tables. And like I sat down at them with all the 14 and 12 and 11 and 10 and eight and nine year olds. And um, the, the women served us uh, fries and fried turkey because that's what they had on Thursdays. Every Thursday they had French fries and fried turkey. Every and without fail, every Thursday. Good. That's all. That's every all. Thursday. That's what they had. That's what they had, and I ate it, and it was pretty, pretty darn good. Like, uh, I gotta say, my time at the Hatteray Colony, the food was pretty fantastic. They had some of the best carrot juice that I've ever had. I tried to bring some home uh, for John, but he did not uh, appreciate it. And <laughs> did not want to drink it. Yeah. So I was gonna say you should have gotten the recipe. Maybe it was. I should have. Just I'm sure it was just pure carrot, nothing else. <laughs> Very good carrot. I will say that. Yeah. 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 And so, so that went on, and, and I had lunch, and and we ate and laughed, and uh, they asked me a whole bunch of questions. I don't remember many now. Uh, I think the majority of the questions were like, "Was I married?" and uh, "How many kids did I have?" et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, uh, we went off, everybody finished eating. They went to go play some more Chinese baseball. Uh, and then I went to join the, uh, other teachers in the other portable just, uh, to talk a little bit, uh, while everybody was playing outside. And so I went in there and there's the kitten again, just like crawling on the, uh, elementary school teacher's desk. And uh, so me and the teachers and the TAs are all sitting in the room. We're talking. They asked me a little bit about myself. I asked them a little bit about themselves. And it was good. And then we just hear outside the window. We all look out. <laughs> and there's five kids holding on to one singular ATV just driving past the window. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I looked confused again. And they're like, don't worry. They do this all the time. And uh, the the teacher I was working with looked out the window and he's like, oh, yeah, okay. They fell off again. Don't worry about it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, The injuries sure. are common around here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that was great. And then we went into the afternoon and uh, we started off uh, with like a little bit more of a work period. And then I think at two o'clock, uh, my teacher told everybody to put their stuff down, and he he got all of the the class together, including myself. And he said, "All right, now we have to get all of our work done before we can have the party. So no more school today. We're only landscaping." <laughs> <laughs> and my head like exploded. I was like, "What is this?" Like, what am I doing here? Is this actually school? You're hammering stakes. That's I, what you're doing here. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just like free labor for the next like four weeks. <laughs> I don't know. So, so I went, um, uh, he, he put us all into, into groups and he's like, okay, uh, you two take Mr. Van Hootigam, uh, go grab some shovels and start shoveling bark mulch. And I was like, uh, okay, I mean, like I'd done this before. I knew yeah. what I was doing, but I was not expecting to do it today. So, um, 
So I went down with them and, and we walked down to the sheds where they kept all of the shovels. And uh, I was wearing like my really nice clothes because I wanted to make a good first impression. We were all to told to wear nice clothes. And now I was doing like work that I should not have been, should not have had my nice clothes in. So I was like, I'm, I'm whatever, I'll just get these clothes dirty. And just bite the bullet, it, yeah. It bite the bullet now, it, it's fine. And so, so we walked down the hill, going to get our shovels and they both asked me again like two or three more times if if i was married and and whatnot and i said no are you married no are you married no because uh, i mean me being uh 20 was when when, when i was there uh, they would have been married by then probably or or just about to be married by then so it was very uh unique that i wasn't and so we we walked down the hill we went to go get the shovels and they were like, first, we need to make a, a, a pit stop in this building. I have to grab a wheelbarrow. And so uh, I'm like, okay, great. Let's grab a wheelbarrow. We walk in, I open the gate and then I freeze cold in my tracks as like 12 turkeys just turn their heads and stare at me. <laughs> And I'm like mortified. I I have I've had a bad past with turkeys. Like I've uh, in in Mexico, I came across a rabbit turkey, and ever since then, I've been like unnerved by them. And so maybe that's why lunch turkeys, that day was so delicious was because you have that vendetta against turkeys, right? So I guess they're much I more so. uh, succulent when uh, you hate them. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, anyway. and I guess. I guess they had sensed that I had had turkey in the morning because they all like stared a death stare at me. And I was like, okay, you go get the wheelbarrow. I'll stay out here. So he goes, gets the wheelbarrow. All the turkeys like stare at me as I walk away. And I'm like, I do not like this place. <laughs> so he grabs the wheelbarrow. He goes back up to the school. And then I continue on with the other kid to go grab the shovels. And we walk in to this other room. Uh, this other big warehouse and I walk in and I see the shovels to my right and I grab a shovel and he keeps going in. So I, I grab a shovel and I turn around and I just see like 30 or 40 bags full to the brim of potatoes. And they're like, like probably the size of most bedrooms at like wide and tall. These bags are huge because this how to write colony had, uh, they distributed like, uh, potatoes for, for most of the restaurants in Lethbridge. So these were huge bags of potatoes, probably the most potatoes I'd ever seen in my entire life <laughs> in one room. It was insane. So like, again, I was there standing in awe. I, and so we left and I'm like, this is the craziest place because I'm from the city. I don't usually do this stuff. I went to my grandma's farm like a couple of times, but it was barely a farm. This is like outlandish for me. So so I continue on and we, we start to get to work. I start shoveling bark mulch. We're shoveling bark mulch. We're having a good time. Other The other kids are uh, hammering stuff into the ground. Uh, the girls are all painting the deck. Uh, everybody's given their jobs. And so we get to work. Uh, we're shoveling. One of the kids laughs as he chucks uh, a shovel full of bark mulch down my back. And then uh, the teacher stops everybody and he's like, okay, this is great. Now, next thing, we need to start reseeding the grass. 
And I'm like, what do you mean reseeding the grass? Where are we? What? What do, what do you mean by that? And my answer was uh, in, in another big, like, crashing sound when I just heard. <laughs> I look behind me and my heart stops again because I see this 12-year-old kid just driving this industrial-sized fork loader with a bunch of grass he had dug up from the field, like, uh, on the other side of the hill and he was just like tossing it down and everybody was like grabbing pieces and like jamming it into the ground uh to like fill up all of this mud and to like put a like line of grass around the side of the building and i was like what's happening and i'm in like my blazer and i'm pulling it off and i'm like i'm gonna get so muddy and we're just like grabbing pieces more and more pieces as this 12 year old drives back up the hill digs up more grass and brings it back to us and then we do that for another 30 minutes and i'm like i can't be phased by this i have to keep working or else i'm just gonna like i don't know go insane so i keep starting seeding grass and then uh they bring out the hose to wet it down and the kids are spraying the hose everywhere having having a bucket of laughs i'm getting sprayed in the ankles i'm like squashing the the grass down underneath my feet it's like insanely weird and eventually we finish we do a good enough job that the teacher's like okay now it's time we can all party now it's all right everybody go home grab candy from your parents party the night away and then i was finally actually allowed to spend time with my teacher and actually learn what I was going to be teaching at like the last 10, 15 minutes of the school day. And then we drove back home. It was honestly the weirdest experience I've ever had, but also one of the most hilarious stories I've, I've, I've ever experienced. Yeah. I'm really glad they kept you busy and that you were able to contribute a little bit of uh your learned skills from your grandmother's farm, you know? Like some of those, like, putting the mud yep. down, moving the grass around. More so, it's it's cool that you were able to just rip off the blazer and be like, I'm doing it, screw it, it's time. <laughs> I'm biting, I'm, I'm biting yep. it, I'm doing it, yeah. So yep. you didn't keep the cat, obviously, because you said you're allergic. No, no, that was one of, like, 200 farm cats that they had that they Fair. all needed to be there, so... Yeah, you don't want to displace a, a farm cat, really. Also, no. farm cats can be no. quite mean. That's what I've heard. I've heard like yes. you don't want to mess with them. They're just gr they're grumpy, but they're they're happy with what they're doing. You know, chasing mice and rolling around in big piles of cow poo. <laughs> yes, Apparently. huge piles. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, like I said, I really do appreciate it. Uh, and uh, this has been uh, expose yourself. This has been Paul exposing himself. Well. Not really Thank exposing you yourself. Much. I guess you kind of exposed uh, <laughs> uh, other people, but I did. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can uh, call one of them up and and see their side of the story too. Oh sure. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it, Paul. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expose Yourself, a storytelling podcast by Thunder Lizard Collective. I've been your host, Christian. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow us on social media. We are Thunder Lizard Collective on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and we are Thunder Lizard OG on Twitter. We also have a Patreon page, and you can find that by going to patreon.com slash thunderlizard. 
In addition to those things, you can follow us on Spotify, give us five stars on iTunes, or do the equivalent on any other streaming platform. We have two other shows as well. We have Thunder and Dragons, our D&D podcast, as well as our movie podcast, The Thundercast. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of Expose Yourself, and we'll see you again soon.